back to the I Am Nerd podcast, guys. This is episode 11, and we're going to be talking about One Piece today. I'm Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. Yeah, yo, yeah, yo. <laughs> Let's get this Don't show started. Don't give it started. up, Luffy. <laughs> Don't give it up, Zola. So this is the, the end of the big three. The last two episodes, we've done Naruto and Bleach, and One Piece is the third in the big three saga of the golden era of anime and manga. And One Piece is actually the highest selling manga of all time. It is the biggest ever. It is literally number one. And it was number one when Naruto was around, when Bleach was around. It actually outsold Naruto, One Piece, and Fairy Tail, which were two, three, and four in manga sales. All of them combined were not One Piece's sales. So that's how big One Piece actually is. It's huge. I think that recently, I was going to Google it, but I don't feel like it. I think recently, I remember seeing that One Piece total copies sold has outsold total copies sold of Batman. Oh, shit. Batman's been around since since the the early, early 1900s, I feel like. Batman's old as shit. It's on its way. Superman's next. Damn. All of Batman? Superman's next. Yeah, I don't even know what year Batman would have had to come out, but it had to be. I mean, obviously, we weren't around. We were nowhere near around. We weren't. Our parents I'll tell you what. Everybody that always said Goku can't beat Superman, well, Luffy can. (laughs) Right, not Luffy against Superman. How do we get here? How the fuck did we get here? He's coming for them sales, baby. He's coming for them. All right. Well, for this episode, I'm going to be Luffy's brother, Ace. Mm, mm. Trying to think of a really dumb character to be. There's so many in One Piece. There's a lot. There's so many. Literally, pick anyone. I mean, you could be anyone. You can literally. I could be anybody. (laughs) And that's the problem. That is the problem. There's so goddamn many. Like just so many. (laughs) One Piece has, I think, on the wiki. I want to like say at one point I looked at the wiki and there was like 600 and something named characters. Yeah, like unique characters. That yeah, like 600 something named characters. I'm going to be Dr. Vegapunk. That's what. Okay. He's not He's not a dumb character, but we also have no idea who the hell he is yet. So. All right. Well, Vegapunk it is. That's fine. Yeah. One Piece is kind of like the greatest story ever told. It's one of the, the best journeys you could ever take. And I know a it's lot the of Odyssey, people. But good. It is. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> a lot of people were or are reluctant to get into One Piece, mainly because of the art style. At least that's what it was for me. I was uh, mm-hmm. I was a One Piece hater for a very long period of my life, especially when I was big into Naruto and Bleach and all the other popular animes back then. I just could not see myself ever going into One Piece looking at it. It just didn't look serious enough. It didn't look like it would be Literally, something mature, yeah. which is interesting because it's it's a really mature story, actually. But you can't tell by looking at it, you know, on the outside. But once you get yeah. into it, um, also, it's really good. The angle, the localization didn't do it any favors. Look, when we all got into Naruto and Bleach or whatever, or I guess I should say the majority, the majority of people got into Naruto or Bleach through the anime, right? Most people didn't start with the manga. One Piece's English anime at first was god awful. It was done by four kids. Four kids is one of the worst. Pokemon, right? 
Yeah, they did Pokemon. Which is easy and, to do, though. There's not Yeah, much. that works for Pokemon, but the dumb opening I was singing when we started this was the four kids opening. <laughs> and I don't know, they just ruined it. Like Sanji, for example, smokes cigarettes, right? Not a big character trait. He smokes cigarettes. Right. In the four kids version, he eats lollipops. They edit the cigarette to make it look like a lollipop. Good old censorship. Just shit like that. And then they completely just childify a lot of the dialogue and they do really weird edits. Well, I'm glad I've never seen this before. So that like yeah. my you, experience of One Piece is just the manga, but go ahead. If you enjoyed, like, you know, on YouTube, those abridged things like Dragon Ball Z abridged. Yeah, yeah, abridged. yeah. My if friends you enjoy those. watching those abridged things, then it's good for that. Watch the four kids dub. It's That's that bad. Basically one piece of it's an abridged one piece, essentially. <laughs> it's that bad. That's how bad it is. Yeah. I, I don't go for a bridge series unless my friends are like, oh, you got to see this episode of this Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged or Dragon Ball abridged. And they're, you know, I'll, I'll get a laugh here and there, but they're mostly rants. They're rants for sure. Yeah. But yeah, back on topic though. So like I said, I used to be a One Piece hater and I feel like I started reading it in like 2014. I used to have a really, really long commute to work. I used to take the train and it was an hour and a half to get to work every day and an hour and a half to get home. So that gave me a lot of time and I had an iPad and eventually it got to the point where I just found myself scrolling Facebook and the internet for too long without anything really to do on this ride. And then I said, you know what? You know what's really long and I could probably get into it and just force feed myself. <laughs> I just randomly decided to start reading One Piece. I don't even know what came over me. I just was like, fuck it. I'm just going to start chapter one on my iPad. And I can't believe it, but I swear, if you start reading One Piece, you will not be able to control yourself. <laughs> you it is you won't be able to so fucking good. Specifically the manga, though. I do not like the, the anime, except now. I think the anime is good now, but we're also talking about 900 plus episodes in. Yeah. Um, it gets better you know, let's say 600, 700 episodes in. But earlier on, there's a lot of padding, which is a lot of people complain about. But the most people who complain about it are people who already are watching it and they, yeah. they love One Piece anyway. So, you know, it's like you complain about something, but at the same time, you're going to stick beside it because it's it's so good regardless, like the, the actual story. My, uh, my quick note on that for the anime is that the start of it actually doesn't have much padding. Yeah. The start of the anime um, is done pretty well. Yeah. The padding gets the padding gets kind of bad around the Arabasta arc. That's once what you I get. Mean, a, yeah. yeah, once you get around Arabasta, the padding really starts to kick in, and then uh, and is it because the and manga Skypea, and the anime were close to each other? Is that maybe what happened back then? Yeah. Well, what really happened is, is the pacing thing. was too good. This is a problem a lot of shonen anime come into where the anime starts however many years after the manga. And because they have so much content, they make really well-paced episodes. So they'll have episodes with four or five chapters worth of content in one episode. Yeah. And that gives you, if you think five chapters in an episode, you're going at five times the pace. So you, you end up just catching up. Yeah, rapidly. no matter how you look at it. Yeah, five, five chapters is also wild. I feel like no one yeah. should be able to do five, but I get what you mean. Yes. And even yeah, so even if it's 2x, it's still going to eventually catch up, right? I mean, over yeah, time. Yeah, eventually, exactly. Yeah. And I think two two to two and a half chapters is usually a good benchmark. Yes, very good. Um, but then for a long time, after they got to Arabasa and then really Skypea, which I think Skypea is a really, really good arc. But a I lot of it. my friends, I remember hating Skypea or hating on Skypea. They still liked it, but they didn't like it as much as the other arcs. And the reason why was because it was paced very poorly. But they all saw the anime version. Yeah. And I was just saying, you guys have to start reading the manga. I don't know what to tell you. Like, Real the quick. anime was great. And then, yeah, go ahead. Real quick. Would you say also, like, I am a firm believer that the One Piece manga is better than the anime. Yeah. Do you, do you also feel that way? 
Yeah, I, I agree. The only thing there are, I do think early One Piece anime is worth getting into. Yeah. Um, I think at the very least, all of East Blue. Yeah. Um, and maybe even up to Arabasta. I think a good thing if you want to get into the anime from the very start to the end of Arabasta, because a couple things happen. One, you'll get the voices. That way, when you read, you'll have the voices yeah, in your true. head. You have the voices for when you read. There is some really sort of engaging animation and I think interesting things that come through. The music is really good. And some of the moments, like there's a moment that a lot of us call the straw hat strut. And it's when <laughs> a couple of the straw hats are all next to each other and yeah. they're like walking toward a goal that they're about to demolish. Yeah. And there was a music they used to play <laughs> that we used to call the straw hat strut music. Yeah. And having those experiences of uh, the first really good one was in the Arlong arc which is fairly early on. It's still in the East. Yeah, that's very early. That's Um, when like Nami. So I think early anime is worth watching. Uh, And then once you get, and then like the end of Arabasta, there's some music choices that are used there that I think are really, really good that that I think are worth watching the anime for. But after Arabasta, because Arabasta, even the pacing starts to slow down. Skypea is when the pacing gets really bad in the anime. From there, I would say you can just go manga all the way. Um, Yeah. So I will say this, though, now that we, we're in 2021 and there is actually a website dedicated to shrinking down One Piece and getting you only the content that you need straight from the manga. It's called One Piece. One and Piece. a friend of mine recommended it to me during the pandemic, like last year in 2020. And basically it has files that you can download that cut out, I think, all the filler, right? All of the nonsense. Pretty much all the filler and all the padding. They do a lot of editing to, to essentially yeah, make edit- the anime just manga content yeah it's really good and i actually use it to watch one piece now like that's how i watch one piece is the only thing i'll say about one pace is that like i'm going to go to their website right now to double check the thing about one piece is that they've mostly focused on a lot of the latter part of one piece because those are the parts that were paced extremely poorly right a lot of really early one piece isn't in one pace mostly because it doesn't need it that said they they've said they're eventually going to do all of it Okay. But um, that's cool. But if you get in the One Piece early, One Piece, you would just watch normal early One Piece for yeah. the most part. I actually started using um, it post time skip. Just kind of went. But post time skip is where it's really needed. That's where they started. One Piece, the project started in the Dress Rosa arc because the Dress Rosa arc is really, really long, even in the manga and in the anime, it's unbearable because the pacing is just horrid. And I'm pretty sure that's where One Piece started. Is they started with the Dress Rosa arc. Yeah. Okay. So what do you want to talk about as our first topic on One Piece? Man. I can talk about fucking anything. It's it's dangerous. I, I want to go getting into One Piece. I'll start off at the beginning for me, real quick. Yeah, I similar that. to similar to Fraser. Also, was a One Piece hater. And why were you a One Piece hater? I was a hater mostly. Okay, so first it started when I was just younger. I saw the four kids version, and I just thought it was corny. I remember what a friend of mine like. I remember making fun of a friend of mine for having one of the manga. And I was making fun of Luffy because I was like, oh, man, he's like a fucking bubblegum pirate. Like, oh, yeah. boy, he's a, he's a pirate with bubblegum powers. Yeah. And um, I can see I myself just, being that person. I used to just make fun of it because I saw the four kids version and it was so bad. Uh, yeah, you just couldn't take it seriously, basically, it sounds like. Yeah, it was very just it was. It felt like I was watching a, a kid's show. Like, it didn't yes. feel and we were like what I now or, know. Yeah. Yeah. I was 15 or 16, maybe. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like I was watching a kid's show. So that's kind of started. But then. You know, I ignored it for a long time. I kind of forgot about it. And then I remember one day, I think I talked about this in like the introduction podcast, but 
I was sitting down at a, a friend of mine's house and he had another friend over and we were watching just random YouTube videos. And it was uh, people took sprites of characters. It was like Naruto and One Piece characters and mm -hmm. had them fight. And it, it was just a cool video. Like the some one shit kid on that was there. <laughs> yeah, like some shit on Newgrounds pretty much. <laughs> One of the kids there just kept talking about how, how One Piece would murder all the Naruto characters and how Luffy is super strong and how Luffy could beat Goku. And I was like, all right, well, I don't know much about One Piece, but maybe he can beat the Naruto character. Sure. I don't really care. But Goku? Yeah, I was like, no. there's no way he can beat Goku. And he was Even like, oh, Luffy. Right now. I was like, Luffy has this technique where he can become the size of the planet. And I was like, I don't think that's true. I've never even seen it, and I don't think that's true. And He was just capping. He was big capping. He was just making stuff up. I've learned. I've gone back, and I thought about the time frame when I had that argument with the kid. The time frame we had that argument was during the CP9 arc. The CP9 arc is Luffy's first use of Gear 3rd. Yes. Basically, this guy saw Luffy use Gear 3rd, which makes his arm, as he says, the size of a giant. And he was like, oh, yeah, Luffy could do that and become the size of the planet and crush the planet. He just now. saw some shit and then made some shit up. Yeah, this is why when you argue with people on the internet, sometimes you got to be like, you're just, shut up. So shut basically, up. you wanted to disprove his nonsense. So then going from there, years later, I still didn't read One Piece because he kind of really set it in me that I, I made he even made me more of a hater. Yeah, exactly. That happens when people try to really get you into it. It's like now you're making me really not want to get yeah, into it. He made I me a like super hater. You're trying to force feed it to me now. I eventually did get into One Piece. I remember getting into it in spite. I was like, one day I sat down. I was like, I'm going to read One Piece because I want to be educated on my hatred. <laughs> yes, that's a that's a valid driver. And so I started it and it didn't take long for me to be like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, quietly <laughs> it, too. It like didn't quietly take long. I started it. I want to say I started it in 2010 um, is when I started One Piece. Oh, wait. So and when I met you, you started it that year. Yeah. Because we yeah. met January. When we we met, met January 2010. When we met, I hadn't started One Piece yet. I yeah. actually remember, now that you say that, I remember, I can't say the exact day, but it was after we met because I hadn't started yet. It was you and me were hanging out one day. And this has nothing to do with why I started One Piece, but we were hanging out one day at Red Cap. And I remember being on my way home from Red Cap or the Fresh Grocer or whatever. And it was, I don't know, probably 11, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, the usual. And I'm, I was sitting on the trolley and I was sitting on the trolley just scrolling on my phone. And I just had come across a bunch of one, random One Piece stuff and people just talking about it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I started One Piece that night. I got home. I downloaded um, the first couple episodes and I started watching them. Oh, you started then, watching it. You didn't even read it. You just went right to. Yeah, I started. Anime. I started with the anime. OK. Um, and then that's I even more bold. I'm surprised because I would just think because of how old it is, too. You know how it's kind of hard for people to go back and play, let's say, Final Fantasy 7 in 2021. They never played mm -hmm. Final Fantasy 7. They're more inclined to probably play Final Fantasy 7 remake than they are to yep. play the original. But I but I get it. Like, you're one of those people that doesn't that doesn't bother you, really. So, yeah, that doesn't bother me much. And I just was interested in seeing the anime uh, yeah. at the time. I think I remember at the time I wasn't reading too much manga because a lot of the manga sites I used got taken down around that time. Yeah, they used to get so, taken down all the time. I used to have yeah, to find really my Naruto did. every every month. I have to find my Naruto and Bleach. Yep. Other than I remember manga stream being a big one, but they eventually transitioned yes. where they would only have the most recent five chapters. So you couldn't yeah, go there which anymore. Was annoying. Yeah. So anyway, I started the anime and then it didn't take long. Like eat after episode one. I was already like, man, I kind of like this. Yeah, it was, giving me, it was giving me Kid Goku. Like Chapter I remember, one. my first thought was Luffy was giving me Kid Goku vibes, and mm -hmm. he just felt really. And I just really enjoyed the way it made me feel. And then I went from there, and I I started to really like the 
sort of the maturity of his character. There's things about Luffy's character that really drew me in. So I guess those are transition we talk about directly about One Piece. Yes. Luffy's character is ultimately one of the biggest factors that drew me in. I enjoy sort of, he has some of that standard shonen air where mm-hmm. he's lovable, he's naive, he's really jovial, and he's strong, and like he cares about his friends. He's all about his family. friends. That is a huge part of his personality. But for him, it comes through in a way, for some characters, it starts to get annoying. It's like, okay, yeah, you have the power of friendship. Luffy doesn't feel like he has the power of friendship. He feels like he has just a very strong ambition yes. and a love for his friends as family. That's and probably the key word. He'll do anything for them. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't feel like the power of friendship like it does in a lot of other shonen. For Luffy, right. it just, it's written in a more mature way and just feels different is the only way I can describe it. And also it comes through. So for example, take just any other shonen. If there's a backstory that happens and if a character has a really sad moment and they might talk about it with the main character and the main character will feel bad for them and have like a, a big power friendship moment, and then you'll do something. Something I love about Luffy is that he doesn't sweat the details. He There's a moment pretty early on where it's the thing with Nami. Nami leaves the crew. This is really, really, really This is the Arlong arc you're talking about? Yeah, the Arlong arc. So right before the Arlong arc, Nami leaves the crew, and some people are are saying, like, you know, oh, man, like, fuck Nami, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes there, and Luffy has, like, a really high emotional awareness, and he already has a good read on people. And he already decided Nami's part of my crew. So he goes there. He wants to get her back. And stuff happens. She says she's not part of the crew anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And then an opportunity shows up where they meet Nami's sister. And Nami's sister starts to kind of go and explain their childhood and what made Nami the way she is now and kind of the hardship she's going through. Now, let me interject real quick. Yeah, go ahead. One Piece is a lot darker than you guys would think. Yes. I mean, early. Like, it's early, very, very dark. Darker than some of the shonens that you probably read because they're dark and you like them because they're dark. One Piece has some very dark undertones to it. Even some some blatant things that are like, holy shit, what am I, like, what kind of thing am I reading right now? It's that, it can get that deep. And uh, I, I love that about it is that I wasn't expecting it. I thought it was going to be a silly adventure type of thing where and it, it was it, all jokes and bubblegum. It bubble tricks gum. you into kind of thinking that for a little bit. It does. Like early on, but then it doesn't take long for it to kind of transition to, even in, a, in, even in the moments where it's silly, it trans, it, you see like, oh, wow, there's a bit of competent writing here. Like there's yeah. something happening. But yeah, back to back to what you were saying about Nami and um, Luffy. Well, so basically Nojiko, which is the name of Nami's sister, she starts to explain their, their history and everything. And Sanji and Usopp, they go and they're listening. And Luffy is completely disinterested. He's like, oh, whatever, I'm going for a walk. He completely leaves. He never learns her history, her backstory. And they never beat it over your head. They don't have to sit down and explain to you, like, Luffy doesn't care about it because of this. They never beat it over. They show it with kind of their actions. And with Luffy acting this way throughout the series, he doesn't need to know all the hardships you went through and why you did this and that. He already got a read and already decided for himself that this person is worth it to him. And he doesn't need all those details. But he still isn't going to just go and save you now. And this is something else I think is really cool. Even though he's decided you're worth saving, he doesn't save you yet. He waits until you like sort of, want to be saved or like you admit no you're right because this happens again with nico robin it does there's a part where like he still isn't going to just save nami there's a part where nami's sitting there she's completely broken down and she's on the floor just crying and she has a tattoo on her arm and it's our long stabbing herself yes 
She has Arlong's tattoo. So basically, I won't go into the full backstory, but Arlong ruins her entire life from the time she's a child. And he basically enslaves her. And she's forced to work under him for all these years. And so she's forced to have a brand on her arm and all these things happen. And so there's a part where she's completely broken down. She's sitting on the floor and she has a knife and she's stabbing herself in the arm where the tattoo is. And she's just crying. And Luffy's just sitting there watching her. And he's not doing anything to help her, nothing. And then eventually she turns to him crying and she says, Luffy, help me. And then after he does that, he takes his hat off his head. And he puts his hat. And by the way, his hat is absurd significance to him. He doesn't let anybody touch his hat. Yeah, don't fuck he, with his hat. No one touches Luffy's hat. Shanks gave him that hat in the beginning of the Yes, show. that hat has an absurd significance to Luffy. He puts the hat on Nami's head and he just like fucking he just goes like damn right or something like that. But before he's sitting there calm and he's not doing anything. But as soon as she asks to help him, he puts the hat on his head. Yep. And it was, and like, that was a done right. deal from there. And then the camera zooms out and you see the rest of the homies waiting. It's like Sanji, Zoro, and Usopp are sitting there. They were just waiting because they weren't taking a move until their captain took a move. Yep, once I love that about them t- too. You want to yes, talk about falling their, in line? Once their captain took the move, yeah, that's when the straw hat fucking strut starts and they yeah. start moving. And then they go to Arlong Park and that's when shit goes down. Yeah, so there's just about that. Yes. So there's just a lot of nuance in Luffy's characters. He's really jovial. He's really loving and fun to watch, but he's also very mature in a way that's not explicitly beaten over your head. Yeah. And he he has an ambition and he goes about things in a way that I feel like isn't typical for his character archetype. And that's right. His that character I really archetype definitely does come about. off. It definitely does come off a little, like I said, jovial, Jolly Roger style, no pun intended there, but like you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about his ambition a little bit. So, you know, all of the shonens, they typically have a, I want to be the wizard king. I want to be the Hokage. I want mm-hmm. to be this or whatever. Luffy wants to be the One of the few the that doesn't king. do that. And I think it has a good and bad because of his bleach. Bleach, each yeah. doesn't have a grand goal. And that in some ways is cool for the manga, but in some, way, some ways it shows some lack of ambition on Ichigo's part because Ichigo is always reactive. There's no yeah. goal he's going for. Yeah, he doesn't actually like initiate. He doesn't want to be, let's say, a captain. He doesn't aspire to be really yeah. anything. All he doesn't he really have any inspiration. Is protect his friends. Whereas Luffy has a very clear and concise goal from the very start, which is I want to be the Pirate King. Naruto wants to be the Hokage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like all of these other characters, they want to be something. Even in Demon Slayer, Tanjiro wants to save his sister ultimately. That is his ultimate goal. It's not necessarily that he wants to be a Hashira. But, yeah, but he has but, a grand goal in mind. He wants to do something that p- people think is impossible. <laughs> exactly. He still wants to do the impossible. And even though he doesn't necessarily say, I, I want to be a Hashira, he does acknowledge, I need to be strong in order to accomplish my goal. And being a Hashira may be part of that in the long run, like overarching story. But his goal is really, I want to save my sister. And that gives you something to hold on to when you're thinking about the character. And that Luffy wanting to be the Pirate King, he reminds you throughout the whole series, you, you know, just as every other Shonen character would. Like this, at the end of the day, I'm going to be the Pirate King. And every time mm-hmm. someone asks him, who are you? He announces like, I'm Luffy, Boy, straw hat pirate. I am and Luffy. I'm, <laughs> and I'm going to be the Pirate King. He's the man like, who just like the that. Pirate King? Yeah, every time. Pirate. And people, and usually, you know, laugh and stuff. But then. And his homies, his homies get mad at him sometimes because there's a, there's like a, and they use it as a gag, but it's, it's enjoyable. There's a part where they like, I think raided a Marine ship and the, the Marine phone starts ringing. Yeah. The phone's ringing and everybody like looks at it and they're like, oh, shit, don't answer it. And then as they're kind of <laughs> they they're, they get distracted, Luffy picks up the phone and they just hear Luffy. And they're like, what the fuck? He goes, boy, <laughs> uh, mushy mush, 
Luffy. And then he goes, and then he says, like, I'm going to be the Pirate King. Yep. And they're like, Nami's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I love it. I I actually laughed reading it. And I'm laughing that you're bringing these memories back up because it's really. Yeah, there's oh a lot of God. funny moments, but. So good. Also on Luffy's ambition and him wanting to be the Pirate King. Here's the other thing. For Luffy, there's no shortcuts. And he makes it very clear that the Pirate King means different things to different people. To Luffy, there's a point where he makes it clear that to him, the Pirate King is the man with the most freedom on the sea. Right. He just wants to live his life unshackled, unbound, and have freedom and have fun and go on adventures with his friends, right? That's ultimately what he wants to do. He ends up doing all this other crazy shit at, on the road, the Pirate King, and he has fun doing it. But there's two instances off the top of my head that I can think of, although now I'm drawing a blank on the one. But I'll go to the... How did I draw the blank on the one as I was talking? I'll go to the one that is one of the biggest sort of ambition Pirate King moments for me. This is jumping way ahead, but they end up meeting. So if you don't know, and spoilers, uh, if you, oh, real quick, yeah, we're going to be talking about spoilers throughout this whole thing. Yeah, it's impossible to talk about one. We're going to talk about really a bunch of, of spoilers. Things. Yeah. Well, the only thing we won't spoil is the most current arc. Yes. We most current arc, arc, we will not yeah. talk about. It's called the Wano arc. Won't be yeah. spoiled. Um, everything before that is fair game. Cake that's Island, first of all. all that. Yep. If you decide to keep watching this because maybe we'll interest you in watching it and you don't care, you'll just get spoiled anyway. First of all, thanks for watching, even though you haven't seen it. Yeah, we appreciate yet. you. But second of all, if this sounds interesting to you, go and read One Piece or watch it. Uh, because even the things we spoil are still going to be fucking amazing when you read it. And there's going to be things we don't even cover that's going to be amazing. As well. We can't cover promise. everything. Promise. That said, that out of the way. Uh, Gold Roger was the Pirate King 20 years ago. He's dead. He has a treasure called the One Piece. And it's on this final island called Raftel. Nobody has ever been the Raftel except Gold Roger. And it's nobody know, really even knows how to get there. His crew his crew was with him, though, right? Yeah, his crew went. Yeah, Gold okay. Roger and, and his crew. Gotcha, gotcha. So, because there's still members alive from his crew that still exist today. Exactly. But go ahead. Go ahead. And so the point that I'm getting to is way later in the series, like I don't know, chapter 500 or 400. Jeez. Luffy ends up meeting a member of Gold Roger's crew. Yes. Not just a member. He ends up meeting the first mate, Roger's right-hand man. Yep. Silver's so this, this is a man who has been to the end of the Grand Line. This is a man that's been the Raftel. This man knows what the One Piece is. He knows the secrets of the world. That's another thing. One Piece has a ton of mystery in it, baked into the world building. It's beautiful. Yeah, we still so don't know what One Piece actually is, which is so we, great. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And that shit is so, 20 years plus old, but yeah, go on. So there's a point where the Straw Hats are talking to Silver's Rayleigh, and they're having a conversation. And so they find out, yes, he has been to the sort of the end of the world, so to speak. And then Usopp jumps up in excitement and he's like, do you know what the one, he starts to say like, can you tell us what the one piece is? Or do you know what the one piece is? And kind of before Usopp can even finish that, Luffy jumps on the table and yells at him. And he tells Usopp to shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's having none of that. I and he makes, it, too. he makes it very clear that U Luffy says straight up, if somebody tells me what the one piece is or tells me how to get there, I will quit my adventure right here. I will not become the Pirate King. He makes it clear. Like, I, if somebody gives me a shortcut, tells me the answer, he's like, I will quit. Like, this is, do not fucking ask right. me for Don't, any advice. No spoilers, basically. No spoilers. <laughs> Luffy's like, no fucking spoilers. no fucking spoilers. Luffy makes it like, this is his ambition, and yeah. he doesn't want a cheat code. He's, this is, he's going for it, and he doesn't want, yeah, cool, you've been to the end of the world. Don't tell me what happens. Like, yeah. I will get I want to experience it for myself. If I can't get there through through my struggles, my ambition, and like my Sheer friends, force of will. 
then I don't fucking want it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really cool about him is that he, his ambition is so strong that he could have the answer if Silver's really would tell him and someone blatantly asked in front of him, but he's like, absolutely fucking not. Do not yeah. tell me what it is. <laughs> absolutely not. So yeah, I love that's, that. All of that is kind of just what really sucked me into one piece, even though, you know, something happened in chapter 500, obviously I was sucked in by then, but you see the seeds of that character really early on. And Luffy is just sort of this beautiful character that really is what sucked me in. I don't think we have to go into favorite characters because it seems clear to me that both of our favorite characters, Luffy. Yes. Like my favorite character, when I'm thinking about one piece, it's it's Luffy and it's not even close. And it's, it's always been Luffy too. Like there was never a character of all his crewmates and everything. You know, I love them, but there is no one in the show that I love more than Luffy. And that's not typical for me. Usually I don't. Yeah, you're like, not usually the main character guy. I usually, I don't like Asta and Black Clover. I don't like, I really don't. You don't like Naruto? I really do not like Naruto. <laughs> I'm trying to like walk no, my way around it, but like, I don't no, like No, you Naruto. love Sasuke. When he I says he doesn't Sa- like Naruto, he I love killer character. I'm not, not a Gon fan. Like I'm not big on Gon. Like I, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of like Gon, but I'm not, I'm not big on Gon. I'd rather be in the assassin family. I, I yeah, you're more Killua. Yeah, I'm, I'm more the quiet brooding type, as I always say. More of the Sephiroth and less of the, you know, the jovial, happy-go-lucky Titus type. Like, I would never be Titus. I would be Sephiroth. And mm-hmm. So, I I usually do not like the main character. I didn't even like Goku as a kid. Like, I really didn't like him. I thought Super Saiyan was cool. But as far as him as a character, I really more so, I liked Piccolo. And part of that is, you know, he's, he's just more dark of a character, more serious all the time. And Goku was always happy-go-lucky. Luffy, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I didn't get into it until my 20s but something about luffy even though he is this jovial character a lot of the times it's just something about when he's down to business he means business and Mm -hmm. i love that like i fucking love it i just relate to it a bit more he's just written more mature i think as funny and silly and joking as it is yeah because one piece that's another thing it's absurdly comical like i remember you saying multiple times that you laugh out loud reading the manga, like actually laugh like i actually laugh at one piece like reading it and with all that joke luffy is still written in a way that i think has a bit of a maturity to him that i don't know it just it just has a whole different feeling the the cohesiveness of the writing yeah go ahead i'm sorry for cutting you off no i agree i agree i think that it's, it's it's clear to see to me that both of our favorite character is luffy but with that being said so he does have a lot of crewmates, and I do wonder who. I already know who your answer is, actually, but who who else My, on the straw hats is it, your for me? And this is the thing: he sometimes dabbles into the first place spot over Luffy, but most of the times Luffy dab, Luffy stays ahead most of the times. Here he comes, Zoro. But Zoro, Zoro is the shit. Zoro, <laughs> and here's why. So let me go into a little bit about Zoro's character. Hold on, before you do that, let me just Go real ahead. quick. Before I ever knew what One Piece really was, I used to mm-hmm. see some of those fighting games that were Japan only, where it'd be like the little sprite characters. You would see Luffy's little hands doing the, the rushes and stuff like that, like Gomo yep. Gomo, Gatling Gun and stuff. Um, I didn't know who any characters really were, but I just knew like, okay, that's One Piece clearly fighting against a Naruto character, like Jump Force. It would like be the Jump Force yep. games that came on the DS and stuff like that way back in the day, before, before they actually came over here. And you would always see... This guy with a sword in his mouth and two swords in his hands. Three sword I, style. Yeah. And I always thought like this, this is why I can't take this shit seriously because how is someone <laughs> going to legitimately come to me with a sword in their mouth and tell me that I, they want to fight? Like, how is that? But once you start reading or watching it, it is so fucking epic how he uses three swords. Like, I can't even, I just can't. It, it's fucking amazing. 
I never would have thought. Never. But so Zorro, so I, you know, I, I can talk about so many. I can basically talk in depth about every one of the characters. Oh, absolutely. There's so Zorro much. Zorro is my second favorite character. And it's, there's a couple. His, my number one reason is his unwavering loyalty and his role as the vice captain. And it only no gets better point, over time. <laughs> yeah. At no point in the show point. do people really call him the vice captain. I think other people call him the vice captain. Like they go, right. oh, see well, the his bounty captain. is the second highest on the entire crew. So it, it's kind of, even if they never call him that and other people don't call, not necessarily say it, his mm-hmm. bounty is the closest to Luffy's on the, the yep. straw. Yeah. So out straw of everyone. Yeah. So he's the first mate. He's literally Luffy's first recruit. Um, and he plays the role as the vice captain. And he has sort of a wavering and a respect for Luffy, an unwavering, unwavering. Say, not wavering. Yeah, no. yeah, not wavering. I meant to say yeah. unwavering. Yeah. He has an unwavering loyalty and respect for Luffy that all the crew members have a respect for Luffy. Like I said, like when their captain says move, they move. Yeah. But for Zoro, it's, it's just different. It's, it's just different. different. It's just and different. he also has an ambition. So talking about the three sword style, and this is something else that is never blatantly said. And this is it's um, film snobs like to get really hard on show. Don't tell. Um, and I think this is a great example of show. Don't tell. Zoro started his life in a brief flashback as a two sword style. He would wield he would do wield swords. He has a very close friend in, in his flashback. This is like episode two or three. It's the girl, out. right? Yeah, the girl yeah. is a very close friend th- that her ambition was to become the greatest swordsman. But then she has a. Th- she has a she breaks down and she talks about how she's a girl and the fact that she's a girl causes a lot of struggles and like it's easier for boys to become strong and all this other stuff that being said she's stronger than basically everybody she knows at the time yeah and zoro gets pissed at her he's like don't fucking hit me with that i'm a girl shit you're stronger than me and like i want to beat you yeah anyway she ends up dying zoro and this is never stated but after that is when zoro becomes three sword style he takes her sword she has like this personal sword that she had. And that's the sword. That's the only sword Zoro puts in his mouth. He doesn't use other swords in his mouth, really. Right. He, and he gets new like, swords throughout the story, but the one that he puts in his mouth is the one of the girl that died. And he, it's like, he's carrying on her will and her ambition for the both of them. And, and he wants to be to the strongest swordsman in the world too. So the yes. ambition that she had, he's carrying that forward. He's carrying that forward. And he didn't so, even want to be a pirate at first, which is cool. He, not at all. Now he not is. Not at all. He's like, you want me to be a bad guy? Yeah, he's like, I, he's like, I, I don't want to be a pirate, right? So yeah. Luffy ends up getting him on his crew, and then pretty quickly he becomes loyal to Luffy. And then one of the first of many great Zoro moments is um, at one point we meet our first Shichibukai early on. Yeah, way this guy too named early. Mihawk. <laughs> way too early. He is way he he cuts an entire galleon, which a galleon is just his huge ship. He just cuts it in half. All this shit happens. He ends up fighting Zoro. Um, he's like Zoro sees him, recognizes him as the greatest swordsman. And this guy has no interest in Zoro. Zoro pulls his sword. And it's not he's not even like, close. He's like, is it Mihawk's like, is it stupidity or bravery that you come <laughs> challenge me? And then Zoro it, says it's ambition. And it's, it's that thing that we talked. We talked about this, I think, in episode one of the podcast is mm-hmm. when you run into someone in an anime, that you shouldn't be running. Into. You should not be running into eyes in this early. You should not be running into, you know, your Madara's, your Orochimaru in the forest of death. It's too early. It's too like, early. Tanjiro running into Muzan really, really early. Like you're running into the final boss way too early or someone yeah. who is just so Mihawk is Zoro's you. final boss. Mihawk yes. is the greatest swordsman 
on the planet. And in order to be the greatest, he would have to be able to best him. So Yes. So when he sees Mihawk, he goes, that's my goal. That's my ambition in front of me. Yeah. And so Mihawk says, because he says there's a stupidity, meaning, do you know who I am? Right. Or is it bravery <laughs> that makes you challenge me? And right. then Zoro says, that. it's ambition. And then so Mihawk draws out a dagger. He pulls a dagger out. And then Zoro, Zoro gets offended by it. And then Mihawk says, I'm not the kind of fool that hunts rabbit with cannons. And then he looks at his sword and then he, or his dagger. And then he says of the four seas, he says there's four seas, north, south, east, and west blue. Of the four seas, east blue is like the weakest and most tame. Mm-hmm. And he looks at his dagger and he goes, unfortunately, this is the smallest blade I have on me. (laughs) That's cocky as hell. That's some Aizen shit. We just talked about Aizen and how like the shit talking in Bleach is next level. That is some Aizen level shit right there. For real. So they go to fight. Mihawk pretty much trounces Zoro with literally just a dagger. Zoro has no chance of winning. And then he stands up. Mihawk stabs Zoro in the chest. And the blade is like right before his heart. And Zoro just stands there. Mihawk essentially like tells him to back down. And like Zoro says he can't. And he ends up gaining Mihawk's respect, essentially. Yeah. And because of that, Mihawk says, you know, he says, you've earned my respect, blah, blah, blah. And then he ends up drawing his like true sword. They fight very quickly. Mihawk breaks two of Zoro's swords. And then when Zoro is completely defeated, he stands up, puts his arms out. Like puts his chest to Mihawk and he says, "Like what do you do?" Mihawk says, "What are you doing?" And Zoro says, a, "A wound on the back is a swordsman's shame, or something like that." Yeah. And then Mihawk is like, "Oh, you're good." And then he fucking slashes him. A big thing happens. Basically, Mihawk doesn't kill him, and he says to him, "Like you follow your ambition. I'll be waiting for you." Blah blah blah. And then he looks at Luffy, like Zoro's captain, and he says, "And what's your ambition? Like why?" Because Mihawk has an eternal. He if a man with this much ambition is following somebody else, yeah, like what, what the, the fuck, fuck? is. What the fuck is up with him? And then Luffy says, like, I'm going to become the Pirate King, as he always does. And he yep. goes, your your dream is even more foolish than his. Yep. And it's so. But then another part. Anyway, I'm, I went on a fucking rant. The point was Zoro, right? All of that is cool about Zoro's ambition. But now the, like the loyalty part. And this part made me cry thinking about it last night before the podcast. It made me not cry like ball, but I teared up a little bit just thinking about it. There's a part where Zoro's on the ground crying after his loss and he puts his sword in the air and he says like i promise to luffy like i I won't lose another fight and like i'll become the greatest swordsman and i'll make sure you become the pirate or something and then he he says is that okay with you pirate king and like he calls luffy like he calls luffy the pirate king he says is this okay with you pirate king and luffy just smiles and it's just like it's so because zoro in zoro's mind like that's already the pirate king like it's it, I don't know, man. It's yeah, just and his it's goal, so deep. His goal is one to be the strongest swordsman that ever lived and all that. But then also to make sure that Luffy does become the pirate king. He's going to see that goal to the end. And like to that is very, very that end. is a big part of his ambition. And like you said earlier, he's unwavering in that. And there's mm-hmm. parts later on where some of the crewmates might challenge Luffy, like literally challenge him for supremacy or just challenge what he thinks the right decision is, and they might literally go against him in Zoro is so not for that shit not to the about point where he 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 will tell luffy straight up i don't think that this person should be allowed back in the crew yep i don't think i think that after the, after mutiny there's no more like you guys had a fight and i don't think that he should be allowed back Zoro blatantly says we're not playing at pirates here. yes like this is not like, a fucking <laughs> game this is not a fucking game this is real and if you're gonna 
at any time challenge the leader and question his authority or straight up like fight him, then, <laughs> then you don't belong here. You don't belong. You chose your side. Now fucking stay there. So Zoro was very adamant about that. That Zoro whole that part is emotional too, but very emotional. We'll get to that. Zoro's real deal. Another thing we haven't talked about Sanji, but there's a part, there's something I love. It happens a couple times, but there'll be a part where Luffy is walking toward like his foe, like his opponent for the arc or whatever. Luffy be walking toward him, and then like two big ass guys will come try to hit Luffy as he's walking. <laughs> Luffy doesn't even flinch. Zoro and Sanji just went boom and just yeah. like block the two of them. Like, you're not touching the captain. Like, yeah, those are, those are the two that always are flanking Luffy. They're his <laughs> left and right. Like, you can't fuck with Luffy. You right. gotta go through those two. Those are, and those two also have the highest bounty after Luffy's, like Zoro and then Sanji. They're both yep. ridiculous fighters. Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Zoro's ambition and loyalty and just his role in the crew, it makes me just love him so fucking much. There's things that he ends up doing and saying that I just I can't I, I can't I, I can't not talk about this. So I just have to talk about it. Go ahead. The part where Zoro and they're on Shibodi and Kuma comes mm-hmm. and Kuma is or, like, or no thriller bark thriller bark and thriller bark Kuma comes to thriller bark he essentially Luffy is is done like Luffy yes. is is destroyed Basically, real quick they had a huge fight they fought another Shichibukai yeah. on thriller bark they fought a Shichibukai the Shichibukai stands for the seven warlords of the sea and these are seven absurdly formidable pirates. Yep. So they're on this island. But they work for the world government. So it's kind of interesting. But they work for the world government. Exactly. So Luffy ends up fighting, going, fighting uh, Gecko Moria, which is this guy's name. It's hugely tiring and all, just a he ton of himself. horrible it's shit. A typical He's completely boss fight. exhausted. He goes all out. At the end of this fight, Luffy is basically like he wins, but he's passed out, kind of just like sleeping yep. unconscious. When like if somebody wanted to kill him, this would be the time. He's completely defenseless. On the ground. He's suffered so much. And the rest of Straw Hats, too. They had huge fights. Zoro has already gotten his ass beat and yeah, like, looks like ended shit. up winning, but he they've all gotten fucked. Yeah, he up looks terrible throughout already. the night. And then what were we going to say? And then Kuma comes. He's one of the Shichibukai, and he's one of the most powerful, has the Paul Paul Fruit and all. So he that. just appears. This is after they're all fucking worn out. Yeah. And now another one shows it's up. It's kind of like if you see Mugen Train, which we talked about also. Yes. How after beating one of the lower moons, a fucking upper moon appears. And it's like, shows the fuck up. It's like, wait a second. We literally exhausted everything we had to beat this one guy. And now here, your strong ass is coming out of no, literally nowhere. Like he fucking flashed up and just appeared. And you you find out later on, it it has to do with his ability, but he comes out of nowhere. And he basically tells Zoro that unless you can take Luffy's pain, you can't go any further. Yep. He, so he has this ability where he can <sighs> literally project out someone else's pain. Like it's it's really kind of hard to explain, but his devil fruit power can take someone's pain out of their body and make it a physical thing and then give it to someone else. So he does this to Luffy and this gigantic fucking orb comes out of Luffy's body. I mean, it is humongous. And, and the orb is every ounce of pain and exhaustion Luffy f- suffered. Yes. So Kuma says here's just a piece of it just try a piece of this and he just gives him a tiny like a tiny part of the orb he just shoots it at him and Zoro stands there and when he takes it he's screaming in agony it's like it's fucking awful it's absolutely awful like just that one little portion of it and he's like now if you want to step into this full thing like step into the entire orb and take all of this then you can go forward basically and uh and- Zoro 
Zoro, they show him kind of put both his hands into the orb and the scene changes. It's kind of like nighttime when this happens. So, real Go quick, ahead. before you get to the end, what when Kuma shows up and all the shit happens, he he says all the Straw Hats are still awake except Luffy. Kuma says, like, give me Straw Hat Luffy and I'll let the rest of you live. Kuma works for the government and he's essentially wants to take Luffy to the government or whatever. And all the Straw Hats, knowing full well they can't, like, they sort of try to attack him and they all get fucking knocked out. Yeah. So they're all just knocked out. Zoro ends up getting up. And he challenges Kuma again. Like Kuma goes to pick up Luffy and Zoro like hits him and he like, you know, put down the captain. Zoro's the only one up at the moment. And then Kuma's asking him, blah, blah, blah. And Zoro, because this is important about his ambition, but before we get to the end, he literally puts his swords down after like he tries and he, he cannot beat Kuma. And he says, take my head. I may not be the captain and I may not be well known around the world yet, but I will be the greatest swordsman in the world. Like I'm worth what the Pirate King is worth. Right. Like I will be w- worth what Luffy's worth leave Luffy and take me. And Kuma is impressed sort of by this loyalty and ambition that Zoro has toward Luffy. And that's when he sort of offers the deal Fraser's talking about where he takes all of Luffy's pain, all the exhaustion. So the fruit, by the way, is his basically fruit is like deflecting. He can deflect anything. It's like what his, his yeah, power which is. Yeah, is so absurd. It's so and absurd. It's on his, like his palms have like paw pads on them. And for whatever reason, the Paul Pass can deflect anything. And so he deflects Luffy's pain out of his body, which is yes. fucking nonsense. So when Zoro puts both his arms into the entire orb, the screen kind of does this thing where it gets really bright, like in the anime and even in a yep. manga, the way he's drawn. And then it kind of just, the panel just switches where you don't really see him take it. But then the next morning, everyone wakes up and Sanji, I believe, walks over to him. Yep. He's like, what happened? And Zoro is bleeding everywhere. <laughs> bleeding ain't I mean, the word. <laughs> he looks even worse than he did already like he's blood i mean so bloody and the way it's drawn in a manga he's so so bloody and just cut up disheveled destroyed clothes ripped up everything and he's but he's standing he's like he's standing, standing and there's the horizon like the arms in the crossed he's literally standing and in, a, in the anime he's kind of like shaking a little bit like a little bit of a like you could tell it's taking a lot for him to stand up you can tell that for him to be standing it's taking literally everything he has his, his he's kind of clenching his teeth like a mm-hmm. you you get the idea he's a real because he's standing the reason why because he stood the entire like however long that happened he stood the entire after taking hours. all that pain Actual he hours. stood there and didn't move and the, the reason why is if he tried to take a step he'd probably collapse yep and he doesn't want that shame he's standing there he stands there the like, whole time so full full says, what happened <laughs> he looks confused Zoro's like nothing happened absolutely because they don't know they have no idea what to deal nobody knows nobody in the crew knows he's clenching his teeth and he's like nothing happened like you don't have to worry about that i got his back and that shit (laughs) is so emotional like that is so fucking emotional dog like oh my god he's not looking for a prize he's not looking for sanji or anybody else to acknowledge him he saved his captain and he doesn't need a prize he doesn't need luffy to know luffy and the rest of the crew never know except sanji basically has an idea of what happens because something we glossed over Sanji ends up waking up shortly after Zoro and tries to like tries to take Zoro's place and Zoro knocks Sanji out yeah and so as soon as Sanji wakes up he goes and finds finds Zoro and that's when he finds out what happens and then I think later on when finally Zoro gets treated by Chopper Chopper who's the the crew's doctor and he ends up finally going to sleep I think he sleeps for like three days or something and I, I don't remember who but somebody mentions like what happened to Zoro like why is he sleeping so much and Sanji, I can't remember exactly what he says, but Sanji in a rare moment, because they're always arguing, he shows like an immense respect for Zoro. And he's like, I don't remember what he says, but he basically says like, like Zoro's the reason we're still alive or something basically, like that. Like, yeah. 
he alludes to it. But yeah, that's just Zoro. That is that is literally just Zoro. And I love the three sword style. I love the uniqueness of One Piece characters and how they all fight so differently. And this is consistent across pretty much every shonen. But you know, you can never have enough variety, right? Like some guy fighting with a fucking sword in his mouth. This is something <laughs> that you can only do in anime. And it's just so cool the way they do it. It's ridiculous. Um, Sanji, we can talk about him a little bit, but I also really like Sanji as well because he essentially, you find out, is the son of like a really rich family. You know, he could have been a yeah. super snob like Dude, all of his siblings. You find this out so much. Like every crew member, when they get introduced, you get a flashback for it. Yeah. Right. To sort of really get you attached to the character. So you get Sanji's flashback and it's an amazing flashback. It is. When Frazier talks about some of the darkness you see early on in One Piece. Yeah. You see like some early darkness on. in that flashback. Early on, he's shipwrecked basically with one other guy who's way older. So Sanji's a child, like an orphan child, or at least you think so. And uh, he's basically shipwrecked with one other guy named Zeph, and they don't have food. So they have one little bag of food. Yeah, but at the it, time, you think it's two bags. There's one big bag and one little bag. And he says, yeah. this is your portion. Yeah. And then 75 days pass. They're still shipwrecked, still on this place. They look they look emaciated. So their bodies are rib, ribs are showing. They're hungry yeah, they're, as hell. They're damn near mummies. Yes. They look terrible. And the one guy Zeph doesn't have a leg, right? Like one of his legs is missing. Yes. Well, I, yes. So yeah so at one, first it wasn't right <laughs> at exactly. first like wasn't missing yeah one of his legs is missing but at first you know when you first see them it's it's not that's not the case and sanji essentially challenges him for the rest of the food that he thinks is there but come to find out the guy's f actually cut off his own leg and he had been eating it as a way to sustain himself throughout the 75 days they've been shipwrecked so it's really that's really really yeah. dark and we're talking about the first 20 chapters of the manga like the this big is bag so early was, was just gold and treasure yeah and he he literally just gave sanji all of the food and he sat there and then yeah, so he's when sanji kid. opens up the bag he sees it's nothing but gold and treasure and zeph remarks like you know we have all the money in the world but you know we're starving to death yeah like we're going like to that. die basically but and then that's when zeph kind of looks over or sanji looks over zeph's shoulder and sees that Zeph's leg is missing. And I don't think they ever, they don't, once again, they don't explicitly say, but like, it's obvious. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the they thing. Don't, Zeph doesn't say like, I ate my leg. Yeah. But you see that his <laughs> fucking leg is missing. Clearly, you saw him in a panel drawn with a leg, with both legs. And then you see 75 days later, he only has one. But how is he still alive? Okay, this is he what ate, happened. It's, like it's he, a very dark suggestion. You know, you know exactly what happened. It, it's really cool. Like I said, it's it's within the first 20 chapters, right? Like it's super early on. It's super early. And this creates a great um sort of character trait in Sanji. Sanji ends up becoming the crew's cook and he's a chef and he has, and you see it early on in his in his very first arc that he's in, where no matter what, he they now him and Zeph now run a restaurant on the sea. And you you gotta go to a restaurant, pay money, whatever, to eat the food. But no matter what, um Don't he doesn't let you waste food. food. Don't There's you a guy waste no food. There's a guy that's eating and he's like, oh, this food sucks. And he's just like being like a prick. Yeah. And then Sanji comes and he's like, you're going to finish the food. And the guy's <laughs> talking shit and Sanji picks picks him up by his head and like fucks him up and like shoves the food down his throat or something. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but basically like, the point is you're going to not, finish the food. Yeah. You will not waste food because he knows what it's like to go without. He knows what it's like to starve. And then on the flip side, even if you're star, if you have no money and you're hungry and you make your, you find your way here. Even though all the other cooks won't serve you because you got to pay. Like, we're cooking food for you. Yeah. Sanji has shown to go and like, if you're starving, even if you're his enemy, he, he feeds you. Yes. And he, um, he puts his heart in his, in his cooking. 
And he puts his heart into cooking so much so that he does not believe in using his hands for anything besides cooking. So when it comes to fighting, he refuses. He refuses to ever use his hands for anything physical as far as violence goes because they're only (laughs) meant for cooking. So that's why he only uses his legs. And I actually love that about another unique fighting style. Sanji's combat is just his legs. And he will never, ever throw a punch. Yep. Because he he can't injure his hands because he needs to be able to cook. Yep. He also will not fight a woman. So that's another character trait of him. Like, no matter what, he refuses, like, absolutely will not. Women have challenged him throughout the series. And every time it's kind of like his worst matchup because he refuses to fight them in any kind of way. Yeah. And there's multiple reasons. At first, for most of the series, you think it's just because, like, he's a gentleman and also a pervert. Um, But very (laughs) fucking 900 chapters later, like, One Piece holds on to things. They they. They give you seeds of plot threads. Oda will put seeds throughout the series and multiple seeds that you think are unconnected or disconnected. And then he'll drop something that fucking draws a line through all. Yeah. What? You have no idea where these plot points are going at when you're reading it or watching it. You just don't know how far Oda can stretch a story. Like he can really stretch a story. Shit that happens in the first 100 chapters that there's callbacks to it in chapter 700, like things like that. It's ridiculous. Yep. And it, and it doesn't feel when you see it. Cause now if you've read a lot of, you might feel like, Oh, this is an ass. You might think this is an ass pull. This is random, blah, blah, blah. But you can tell that it's not the way the story is structured, the way everything leads up and builds up to it. You're like, Oh my fucking God. He knew he was going to write this chapter 10 years ago, 10 years ago. He knew he was going to write this fucking chapter. Yeah. It's insane. And he waited 10 years to do it. And um, I think that he's just good at because like obviously not all the time is that is that's the case where it's foresight. Sometimes it's just he knows how to even in the future write things that tie into the past. Yeah. Where he doesn't he he doesn't do that thing where a lot of loose ends just remain loose ends and the story just ends. Like the, obviously one piece is still ongoing, but he does tie up certain storylines. He does go back to certain open-ended things. Whereas a lot of other I feel like shonen's that are popular, they have this problem where they will create these same cool ass plot points. They'll expand on them to a degree and then they'll just stop and yeah. they will never go back to it. And it's kind of disappointing. Like I always think about Orochimaru's arms. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Like Orochimaru's yeah. arms against the third Hokage. But then like, he just has his arms back. Like, it's just kind of like, what, like, why are we not expanding on these things? Or like Orochimaru just constantly coming back all the time. Like things like that. It's like, this could do with some explanation. Like you could explain some of these things that are happening that are so significant to the story that you could explain this shit. And they just kind of, gloss over that's only one of the things like that's obviously just one thing or another good example not to shit on naruto but another naruto example i mean i think by now everybody should know we really like naruto a lot yeah we just another naruto example is when we talk about 500 700 chapters later in one piece where something coming back up and you go holy shit and the plot that makes so much sense and it's perfect and it's amazing naruto when minato comes back he has half of the kyubi chakra and (laughs) <laughs> that's supposed to be a moment where you're like, oh my God, that was planned. But when you read it, you're like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, why he also why did he take part. the good half? Why yeah. did he take, like, there was no inclination that Nar. Also, now you're saying that the QB is so much stronger than every other Tau Beast that with half of its chakra, it was yeah. still the strongest fucking yeah. one. It's just ridiculous. Like, it's just all over the place. It starts and to so become. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a payoff. But, but that's what you have to do when you write that war arc because the war arc you needed the power scale of the QB to be that that ridiculous in order to make sense of why naruto has been fighting for 30 days and 30 nights without yeah. exhaustion and things like, like you need to do stuff like that which is it sucks 
Like you wrote yourself into a corner. And even, even Kishimoto has said that he wrote himself into a corner with that arc. Like he literally acknowledged that Madara, for lack of a better word, is poorly written. He's too powerful. I don't know how to get rid of him. And that's why the Kaguya thing kind of happened. It's like, I don't know yeah. how to get rid of Madara. I wrote a character that's way too powerful. How the fuck can I have a character dropping meteors now? And then you want to tell me that Naruto and Sasuke, two 16 year old kids, are going to beat <laughs> this adult Uchiha who's been living. He's he was, he's been in multiple great ninja wars. Yes. He was 16. Yes. So, and he's also been alive for a very long time. Like Madara was alive for a very long time when people thought he was dead. Like he wasn't actually dead. So, you know, you, you just have this insane power scaled character that you didn't develop your own main characters enough to actually be formidable against him. And so now you have to start doing assholes. And luckily, Oda doesn't have a lot of that going on, which we really appreciate. The power scaling in One Piece is really, really slow. Like it, yeah. it happens very slow how the characters get stronger over time. There's so many arcs, it's so long. It's very long, but they do a good job. So first, one thing I want to say about before the power scaling is that, first of all, on the note of Oda, something I really love about him, if you look at all the volumes, at the end of each volume, there's essentially a Q&A that he has where a bunch of fans send in letters, and he replies to a bunch of letters at the end of all the volumes, right? And there's a ton of really funny, stupid questions that fans yeah. ask that he answers and serious questions. Like, for example, a stupid question fans ask is, somebody literally asked, does Luffy's power, Luffy has the ability to stretch. They ask, like, if Luffy's power works on his penis. And Oda says yes. Like, there, wait, he wait. didn't need to include that letter, but for nope. the fun and joking. Yeah, because he, he knows that people think about it. Same thing people used to say about Piccolo. Like, oh, he can stretch. Like, I wonder. But, but yeah, he yeah. answers the question. But another thing on the other side of the joking is he's, he's revealed that he's been writing One Piece since he was a child. Yep. Since he was a kid, he's he's revealed that since he was a, a kid in school, it's a passion the, project. The story of One Piece has been in his head. He's when when we were in school doodling things on our notebooks, he was like Luffy existed years before Luffy existed. He drew Luffy on a notebook. You know what I mean? Like he was creating One Piece and the world and the characters his whole life. Um, he was inspired to make it. There's Multiple little manga and one shots he created before One Piece that you see the DNA of One Piece in yeah. that eventually became One Piece. And so the reason why the world building and, and sort of the breadth of just the world overall and the characters of One Piece are so well written and well fleshed out is because he's not writing it the night before. It's not the common problem. Oh, he's writing this the night before. He wrote this 10 years ago and he's like continually kind of diving into it and, and expanding it and writing it. But it's something that's been in his head forever. And he is his magnum opus. He's putting it out to the world. Yeah. Finally. So it I has mean, there's so much a reason, development and time built up into it. There's a reason why One Piece is the best-selling manga of all time. There's a reason why yeah. it is the biggest manga by, and I mean by far, guys. Look it up. Like, I'm not making shit up. You can look it up. One Piece is the absolute king of all manga ever. It is the biggest thing in manga, period. Nothing is even close. It is that well-written. I mean, there's fucking amusement parks and things like that in Japan dedicated to just really One Piece. Is. There's so much like One Piece is crazy. And if you love anime and manga content, if you're just one of those people that absolutely lives by it and you don't watch or read it, I highly recommend that you do. Like we want to change your mind. It's so, so good. I promise you take some time. Yeah. And if you're still it, not convinced, read it out of spite like we did. Yeah, prove us wrong. Like, just read it and be like, nah, this is trash. But you need to read it. Like, you actually need to. Don't be on your phone. Don't half-ass it. Like, actually do it. And if you genuinely can sit there and hatefully read it or watch it and say, like, this is just not good to me. Like, okay. Like, that's your prerogative, obviously. But 
I highly doubt that anyone who's actually read like one piece or, you know, as you say, like what, like even the beginning of it is good to watch that they can still hate it. I, I just, I there's, don't see that there's no series I've been, I've gone through that has made me tear up as much as One Piece. Yes, has. I've actually cried a couple times on One Piece too, off of shit that I didn't even think was possible to cry about. Yeah, things that you didn't think were possible to cry I didn't about. Even think and it was fucking possible. crying about. Them. Yeah, it's, and, it's wild. And also, there's parts that get me absurdly fucking hype and excited, just, just out of my seat. I there's been times I remember reading. There's parts in the manga that I remember reading where, as I'm reading it on my computer, I'm like scrolling through the chapter reading things and jumping out of my fucking chair and be like, oh, 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 oh. it's like, what the fuck? And I'm just like bouncing around my room and shit popping off. Like, and then there's parts where I'm sitting there and there's tears welling up in my eyes. And I got to wipe my eyes and shit. And there's like that. You feel that dried teared things on your cheek. Yeah. So it, so it's, good. So it's yeah, incredible. Let's, let's jump into power scaling now. Cause a lot of people yeah. sleep on one piece. They think that like these characters are not, ridiculous that they don't scale to some of the other shonens and nothing can be further from the truth i feel like oh, they're, they're ridiculous yeah one piece characters are actually absurdly powerful so devil fruits can be anything and there's three literally anything the creativity of them is ridiculous like he can be anything oh it's just like for example that guy kuma we talked about his devil fruit is called the paul paul fruit it essentially just gives him paw pads on his hands <laughs> okay and I'm, I'm assuming maybe his feet but we don't know for sure yeah, yeah he yeah. gets paw pads on his hands and you're like what the fuck power does a Paul pad have? And Oda's mind goes, this is the most ridiculous power fucking ever for what it's called and what it yeah. does. Do not. Oda's mind up. goes like, oh, well, I guess Paul pads protect doggies when they walk around on the ground. So it has like the power of deflection. And so literally the pads on his hands can just deflect anything. anything. And when Fraser was saying Oxygen you from see the air, when you, yeah, when Fraser was saying you see Kuma flash step, he literally deflects his body off of the air. And yeah. like appears somewhere yeah, else. Like it's like a he's literally deflecting himself yep. off of air itself and just appears somewhere. Yeah, it's it's insane. So devil fruits, there's three types. There's paramecia, which is what Luffy is considered. There's yeah, Loki. something that sort of awkward uh, augments. Paramecia is actually really wide. It can do a lot of really weird things. Like Luffy's a paramecia. It makes his body rubbery and he can sort of augment his body in a rubbery way. But also Kuma is a paramecia. The yes. Paul pad thing. So paramecia is like the broadest one where almost anything can be. And a it's paramecia. really where the strongest ones come from too. If you want to be on, like they're the strongest devil fruits appear to come from that paramecia category. At least there's some nonsense like it, that comes. From there's it. some nonsense because I still think about the Paul Paul fruit, but then you also got the quake quake fruit and the paramecia. Yeah. So you, but so, the other two. So yeah, you have paramecia, which is what Luffy is, and a lot of other characters. You have Logia. Logia seems to be dedicated to mostly something elemental, but obviously there are exceptions. So Logia is like your body. You, the person who has this devil fruit, who's eaten this devil fruit, becomes whatever it is. So, for example, yes. Luffy's brother is the flame, the mirror, mirror, no my, which is the flame, flame fruit. He is literally fire. Like, obviously, he looks like a human still, but at any moment, he can turn yeah. his entire body into fire and he can completely manipulate fire. Yes, his body is fire itself. Incarnate. Full control there's another guy, it over it. There's so, a guy who's an admiral who is ice. And so literally at any point, he can turn his body into ice. He can project ice. He can shoot ice. He can he can control ice. He's literally ice, but he's also like, he can look like a regular person. But then when he's and, fighting, ice starts to and, literally overtake his body. And if you try to, like, if you put a hole in his stomach, like you stab him with a sword, yeah. it doesn't do anything because. Like if you cut like, ace in half, like 
it doesn't like you're not cutting his organs or anything. Like he is fire. And this is something yeah. that makes Logie is absurdly unfair. Yeah, it makes them and really, later on really in really one broken. piece, even earlier on one piece, although they don't they don't explain it until later, they there's something in place to to sort to of check them. Yeah, check because them. otherwise when I so I will say this, we're we're gonna be all over the place, but it's fine. When I when I first was reading One Piece and I saw Logia Double Fruits, I thought that they were the strongest ones. I was like, yeah. there's no fucking Rightfully way you can so. tell me. You, yeah, that was like, there's no way you can tell me that this guy who is literally light or literally ice or magma or poison, like he's his body is literally made out of this substance. And if you cut his head off, it doesn't actually do anything. He can just reattach it. How can you tell me that that is not the most powerful devil fruit? But as the series goes on, like we said, they they kind of put a check into place, which we'll talk about later. Just Something absolutely absurd. There's a character in one of the arcs named Anel. His devil fruit, he is a lightning. His body itself is lightning. Okay. He has all these crazy lightning attacks. He has full control over lightning, etc. Yep. There's a part where things happen and somebody literally stops his heart. Like they kill him. He's on the <laughs> ground dead. His heart is stopped. He uses the lightning to restart his yeah. fucking heart. Like, like he fucking defibrillators his heart. <laughs> um yeah, like he uses the lightning itself to restart his heart and like yeah. he's okay. Because well, everyone, you know, everyone knows the you brain, almost electricity, me. our whole body is controlled by it. But yes, so Logias are very, very powerful. There's also what you see way fewer Logia devil fruits than you do like the other ones. And then the third one is Zoan. Yep. Um, and Zone is like pretty much animalistic. It can be so there's there's categories within that. There's mythic Zoan, which is stuff like a phoenix a dragon, yeah. a Cerberus, those types of things. Like that's a mythical creature. But then you have ancient Zoan, which is like a dinosaur, like a pterodactyl or a T-Rex, those things. Then you have regular Zoan, which is like the CP9 people. They, you know, one's yeah, a lion, like one's a, a tiger, giraffe, or a tiger, whatever. a leopard. And then a funny thing, one of Luffy's crew, uh, Chopper, he is a reindeer, like was a reindeer. He was yeah. not a human, but yeah. he ate a devil fruit that was the human fruit. Yes. <laughs> and is that became, what? Is that a zone yeah. fruit, you think? Yeah, it's a zone fruit. Okay. So Chopper, who was just a normal reindeer, yeah. ate the human human fruit. And so he like a became <laughs> a reindeer human. But it's funny because throughout all of One Piece, it's like humans that ate the whatever fruit. And so like they become a you know an ox human. A giraffe. But, but he becomes a reindeer. So it's funny, he becomes a human through the devil fruit. Yes, like, it's yeah, the it's exact opposite. It's very unique too, because you see you meet all these Zoans throughout the series, but then Chopper's like a reverse Zoan in a way. Yeah. because um, uh he ate the human fruit, which yeah. is kind of funny. So which which devil fruit that you've seen would you want? Um, and it could be anything, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm just gonna choose this one because it's the most powerful. Like, what would you want to be a Logia or Paramecia or a Zoan? And or is there a specific one in the show that you would be like, if I could take one from someone, like if I could Man. blackbeard that shit? This is one of the hardest questions ever. Oh, this, okay. So, you know okay. what's funny is in a lot of these conversations, you go like, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is my favorite character. Kenny, who's your favorite character? And for a couple of them, I go, man, it's tough. It's tied between these two, right? Yeah. Whereas for this, I pretty easily, it's a Luffy. Zoro sometimes creeps up there, but Zoro is definitively number two and Luffy yeah. number one. Easy. For this, it's kind of like, man, what fucking depth? Because on one end, we follow Luffy, right? And so this rubber fruit that, for the most part, you'd be like, I don't want this power. It's yeah. Whack. But then you see what Luffy does Luffy with it. Stretches like, shit, no Luffy stretches that shit. No pun intended. He stretches the rubber rubber fruit to no. So far. When I, I compare Luffy to Mr. Fantastic, and I'm like, Mr. Fantastic, you are slacking, okay? Yeah, you make is. this power not look cool at all. At you guys all. have basically the same power. 
You are fucking slacking. Also love the naming convention that Luffy has for all of his attacks. They're all Arsenal related, like Gatling yep. and Rocket and Bazooka. He's so rubber's dope. And then there's a lot of really dope ones. Obviously, lightning is super sick. Light is unfair. We'll get around to talking about Kizaru because we're going to jump back to power so scaling. That is mine, though. Just by the way. Light is unfair. Um, like of all the like villainous type of characters, Kizaru is the admiral. He's my favorite character out of all of those type of people. And his devil fruit is the one that I would steal if I could steal a devil fruit. Like if I could his, take someone's devil fruit power in that verse, I want even I I just I love it. Like I didn't even like it like that. He is so for example, we explained you are fire itself, you are uh lightning itself. Kizaru is light itself. Like light. So when people have all these arguments in different anime and manga, like, is this light speed? Is this guy light speed? I don't. Kizaru is light. Yes. There's not a debate. He is light speed. And they show crazy speed feats with him, too, for people wondering. Like, he has feats where you literally see everyone else frozen completely and he's moving. So yes. you can do with that what you will, but they're literally not even moving. They're not in There's- motion, really. And he's moving right like very regular or just very fast while everyone else is essentially just frozen there is an instance of these things they're called the worst generation it's all it's a group of like 12 pirate captains and their crews that came into prominence around the same time luffy and his crew was part of that worst generation and there's like 12 of them there's a part where kizaru this admiral is fighting i think five of them at the like essentially the same time he's fighting about five of them yeah and He's just going through them, just destroying them and just kind of toying with them and asking them stupid questions. Like he stands in front of one of them and he literally just looks at him and he says, have you ever been kicked at the speed of light? Depending <laughs> on the translation, it's it's have you ever been kicked at the speed of light? Or he says, have you ever experienced a light speed kick? And when he says that, you see his foot like in the air and it kind of goes in slow motion. And when it goes into normal motion, you see the guy's body just disappear. Mind you, this character his like ability is like these straw dolls and he puts these straw dolls and other people. And so that when he dies, instead of him dying, somebody else dies through the power of the straw doll. <laughs> Kizaru kills this guy 10 times because like 10 of his straw doll, like 10 people die. And he the just process starts shooting Kizaru light beams through like death. Beams. Yes. He just starts shooting death beams like casually with one finger, just shooting them at this guy's heart and killing and him then, that many times. <laughs> and then there's a part where one of the guys cuts Kizaru in half. And then like, he's laying on the floor and like his legs get up and start moving around. <laughs> and then he has his body reconnected with his legs. The guy's running away and he's like in the air. As he's running away, Kizaru just appears in front of him and kicks him down. And then as this is happening, another one of these people that is are watching on Luffy's from left, a distance, watching it from a distance. He's watching it happen. And then they show you his body and eyes are still watching the fight. And then you see Kizaru next to him with his foot coming into his face. But like he just appears. He just appears. And his foot is in front of this guy's eyes, but his eyes show no recognition of him. His eyes are still looking at the fight that's happening in the air. Yeah. And then he gets it is one of the wildest speed feats I've ever seen. Like you're watching someone attack someone else, and the same person who's attacking someone else from a very far distance from where you are attacks you in that same instance while you're watching it. And like, like his eyes crazy. have no recognition of it. It's so dope. And these are legitimate. Ca- these are people that are around Luffy's level. And at this point in time, yeah, the people they are nowhere by, by the white guy because the white guy is on a different near. level. He is yeah. on. He is on some shit. And so this is um, 
this is, I guess, something that's cool about One Piece's power scaling is very early on, they show you characters that the main characters are nowhere near. Yes. And they... Which is standard. They don't catch up anytime soon. Like, whereas it feels like fairly early Naruto kind of catches up to Kakashi in some way. Yeah. They don't catch up, like, for a long... And even now, now they're at the point where they're forced to catch up, but even then, they're not caught up. Like, they're still... Yeah, they're still Some lying. of these characters are just still outrageous. Like, I, I think if Luffy were to fight Akainu right now, I don't think that it would end in Luffy's favor, if I'm being honest. No, not at but all. Like, even though he knows hockey and everything now, I just feel like they wrote Akainu to be, they wrote him to be this villain, and I don't think Luffy's supposed to be able to be him right now. I'll just put so it Another thing that's cool about One Piece is it's really gray. The Marines, we follow the pirate, and the Marines are the bad guys, but all the Marines aren't bad. And for the most part, I feel like the Marines are, some a lot of people in the employment are trying to be good. Yeah, I mean, one some of them are just good. His friends but, is Kobe, right? And he, yeah, he's a marine. You, he's like, Luffy, and he's in chapter like one or two when Luffy first embarks. It's him and Kobe, and Kobe wants to be a marine. That is his dream. That is his yeah, goal. Luffy, his he, dream is to be a marine. He wants to be a marine, which is the exact opposite of a pirate in this world because they're essentially the police. They they police the pirates. Like they kind of. Yep. That's Luffy's grandfather is a marine and yeah. one of the strongest marines that had ever lived. And he's he's a marine, so yeah, it's it's interesting. But in that way. But, but yeah, the they, power scaling is just. We have the three admirals who we talked about. Two of them, we we've mentioned all three of them. There's Aokiji, who his power is ice. Yep. Uh, Akainu, whose power is magma, and Kizaru, whose power is light. And these so they three all start admirals, off as logia. They're all logia that were yes. All of their bodies are made out of whatever their element is. So whatever element they are, they are literally that. Uh, and then obviously the changes with Fujitora. But yeah, go ahead. And they are outrageously strong. Yeah. It's not even close. And so yeah, it's the cool thing bad. is when we're talking about power scaling is it takes a really long time for the main characters to even scale up to these, to even try to get close to them. And then on top of that, outside of One Piece, these characters scale fucking hard. Like they yeah. scale up really high. Yeah, they do. And to put it in perspective, so one of Naruto, the series' biggest feats as far as power is uh, obviously the meteor drop. I don't know what was going on around this time in manga writing between the big three, but uh, you know what I'm about to say. Yeah. So Madara drops the meteor and he drops the second meteor. And that is insane. Like in the world of Naruto, that could wipe out a village that will wipe out a cot. Like obviously Madara beats all the Kages by himself, dead or alive. Like there's no question. So Madara scales way above any Kage that you've ever seen. He's extremely powerful outside of, you know, Hashirama, but that's whatever. The point is bringing down a meteor in that verse is wild around the same time that that happened in a naruto chapter bleach and one piece had meteors happening in their mangas <laughs> equivalent so in one piece one of the newer admirals because one of them needs to be replaced one of the newer admirals his ability is gravity like his devil fruit power is a paramecia gravity and it's gravity itself that is his ability <laughs> and you see very fucking early on him use it and he calls down actual meteors from the asteroid belt like he calls down meteors to attack his enemies so understand how strong his gravity is that he's able to send his gravity to outer space yes. grab a fucking meteor and pull yeah. a real meteor like that is something that Earth. happens in one piece he also can send you to the earth's core as he like <laughs> kind of casually mentioned like i'm going to send this guy this guy's going to sink until he reaches the Earth's core. Like, you are going to sink forever. I'm going to gravity you down. And it's very precise. Like, he can precision it like Aizen to Grimjaw. 
Like you specifically standing right there, I'm going to sink you to the fucking Earth's core. And then what's yes. ridiculous yes. is not only can this guy bring down meteors, there's other characters that can just get rid of the meteor. Like yeah. it's not a, it's not like different. Like yeah, there's a character like, oh, Do God. Flamingo just cuts a meteor into several hundred pieces. Like he's just yeah. like, <laughs> and he just guy, like <laughs> Trafalgar Law, who's one of my favorite characters. I think he's like. I, he would be in my top five character. I love Trafalgar Law. He's because dope. His power is another power that I would steal because it can do anything, it seems like. But he's basically he's unfair. a doctor. I might get his tattoo now I think about it. I might actually get Death tattooed on my fingers. I kind of like that idea. It's sick. Maybe I, I, won't I do also love his in, Jolly Roger. While I'm still an accountant, I probably won't do it. But like at some point, <laughs> when, when my life takes me to a place where I don't need to like work in a corporate America setting, then I might actually get Death tattooed across my fingers. And My uh, dream, it, it just sucks how much effort it takes to get in shape. I want to. I've been saying this for years. I want to get in shape, get fucking ripped again, like I was when I was breakdancing. That white, that white beard. Tattoo. I want to have like the body to get white beards tattoo on my back. Yeah. And the reason why I don't get white beards tattoo now is because my body doesn't do it justice. If you, <laughs> if you don't have the body, yeah, the to, muscle and everything, you need like if you get white beards tattoo without being in shape, you're you're disgracing white. Beard yeah, body. white beards tattoo is really fucking cool looking. But yeah, power scaling in One Piece is actually insane so we're talking about meteors falling from the sky from a guy who can just casually do that gravity powers the speed of light the ability to be light incarnate the ability to be ice incarnate fire incarnate lava incarnate let um, me real quick talk about ice incarnate real quick and how absurd alkaji is okay alkaji is ice incarnate he is ice when we first meet this character he first of all completely obliterates the straw hat yeah, he shows up he zero diffs them all Zero diffs them. He like fucking turns them into icicles. Like it's not, it's not a problem. He mentions the only reason why he hasn't killed Luffy is because he owes Luffy's grandfather a favor. Luffy's grandfather being uh, Garp, who is a vice admiral. But Garp has been a vice admiral since Alkiji joined the Marines. Something important to note about Garp is he was offered a promotion to admiral multiple times and he's always turned it down. There's reasons for why I won't get into, but he's ne- he's always turned it down. So now Alkiji moves up to the ranks, becomes an admiral. He's now ranked higher than Garp, but he say, he spares Luffy's life because he says he owes Garp a favor. That said, Alkaji dips two fingers. There's a there's like a group of people who were on this island oh, who, got, God. who got separated I forgot from about this part. their tribe many, 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 many years ago. And so they've been isolated on this island for years. So Alkaji wants to help them get reunited with the rest of their tribe. And so he walks up to the ocean he dips two <laughs> fingers in the ocean and in a instant, in an instant, he freezes the entire ocean, turns the ocean into ice from this <laughs> island all the way to the next island. The ocean is turned into ice. It's absurdly wide. It's from island to island. The ocean yeah. is frozen. I mean, it's island thick. island is crazy. It goes deep underground. So the, the distance between two islands is turned into ice with his two fucking fingers in the whole ocean in an instant and the straw hats react it. to this too don't they don't they they're just like what the and, fuck? like it's the wide face like oh my god yeah. and then he that's not the, the craziest part isn't that he turned the ocean into ice in an instant between two islands the craziest part is he tells them they can pilgrimage across this this ice it'll take them about two weeks to make it to the other side. <laughs> oh my God. The ocean is going to stay frozen solid for, for these people to pilgrimage across it for over two weeks. Yes. Minimum two weeks. So if you're good at math, I'm not. 
if you want to take the average walking speed of a human, you can find out how far the distance was, how far a human walks in two weeks. He froze that distance of ocean in an instant. Yeah. This character is unfucking fair. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not even it's not even a fair comparison to a lot of things. I mean, the, these characters scale really high in the shonen verse and in, and just anime and manga period. They're very very powerful. Very very powerful. <sighs> so should we talk about hockey a little bit? Yeah, so they they eventually introduce uh, a sort of a power called hockey. I forget the full word, but hockey essentially translates I think to willpower. Um, or will and a big theme of one piece is like willpower your force of will the ambition of will yeah um and so there's three main forms of hockey that are introduced it's called observation hockey armament hockey and conquerors hockey uh the way they describe it is that anybody who wants to learn can learn armament hockey and observation hockey you just have to learn it some people are better at it than others but if you really 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 go forth and go through the, the struggle of learning it you will learn it conquerors hockey however you can't learn. You're sort of just born with it. Yeah. Uh, whether or not you have it. So Luffy has Conqueror's hockey. But what's cool is that early on in One Piece, they show these forms of hockey without ever explaining them. And they're kind of just unexplained powers. And you're like, how the fuck did he do that? How did that happen? Et cetera, et cetera. But then eventually they go into the full explanation of it. Armament hockey, the idea is that you create a shield on your body that can protect you from anything is like the idea. Right. And then... The idea is like if a shield can block, then it can also hit. So the way they describe it is essentially you can't punch a Logia user that's made of fire because your your hand will just go through them. But if you sort of harden your will and like create this armament hockey so that you can defend against fire, then it stands the reason you can punch the fire. It's they go through this weird way of explaining it, but basically armament hockey is sort of the answer to being able to, to really combat Logia users without being their weakness or something. Um, yes. And what I love about hockey, so there's, like we said, there's different types of hockey. You have the Sharingan in Naruto, which is so broken because you essentially can see the future in a way. When you're fighting an opponent, you can tell what they're going to do next. The tension in their body, they explain it as, and things like that. You can see his punch is going to go here. His kick is going to go here. He's going to dodge right here. You can literally see kind of into the future with the Sharingan. And one piece, hockey, observation hockey specifically, has a very similar effect if not more powerful than that specific part of the Sharingan. Like yeah, different is, people can train it and they, different people train different aspects of it. Yeah, some like people, for example, are able to, hand. some people are able to hear people's thoughts with observation <laughs> hockey. What the some, fuck? But now that's a very, very rare instance. Like, Oh yeah. Is that Enel? No, Enel, Enel can just he kind can, of, he can hear if you speak, if you say certain things though, he can, yeah, just, he can just hear you. From from Anel miles and miles away is from a place called Skypia. He's in a sky island and he basically can hear anything that is said on the island because right. of his observation hockey. It's that powerful um, that he can hear and he can locate where you are. There's a part where somebody kind of blasphemizes him because he positions himself god. as the god yeah. of this island. And he's the guy who's lightning. He's he's literally lightning incarnate. So he can strike you down from yes. miles away. And so there's a person who's at one point is like rejecting Anel and Anel is nowhere to be seen at this moment. And as he's rejecting him, everybody like looks in fear. And then a bolt of lightning comes from the sky and just kills that guy. Just like he just dies. 
Then there's um, other and, people with observation hockey who can see seconds into the future because they're yeah, literally to just see the future. They can literally like not exaggerating. They can literally see the future because their observation um, hockey is that high. Yeah. So there's Luffy has a degree of this too. Like Luffy, Luffy has Luffy, Luffy ends had, up learning it a bit. Yes. Yeah. Luffy has observation hockey and you can see it pretty early on, even before you know that it's observation hockey. Cause I assume that what happened against Mihawk is a form of observation hockey. Yes. Like, I just have yes. to assume that that's what they were like. Oda drew that and, and showed that in the anime for a reason. That shit, that precognition, precognition that he had is like, what else would you classify it as? Like, even if you don't know how to activate it on command, you're doing it in this instance. For whatever reason, it just activated here. And then obviously he learns later on. I want to do this now. And then there's Conqueror's Hockey, which it has other uses, but its main use that we've seen is that you sort of can force your will and it's basically like Rietsu crush. Yes. Like if you, it, it's essentially like the, um, the fodder, like if you are not on my level, you can't even stand near. Yeah. Me. You can't even fight me. So with, I'll, they, I'll, I'll explain yeah, a little ahead. bit. So you know how in every video game you have a boss and this boss has a bunch of uh, minions, like a little bunch of little guys that he comes with a little, like you got to kill them and deal with them. Conqueror's hockey literally says all of those guys immediately just get, Unco- they're, immediately unconscious. they're knocked unconscious from the start of the fight i just want to fight the boss i don't have to deal with any of your henchmen any of your goon soldier a b c and d they all just fall unconscious because i decided that my willpower is that strong they can't deal with it but the boss can but these these fucking henchmen just all get absolutely annihilated before the fight even starts so it just trivializes anyone who's not on your level if you if you want two examples there's a part with luffy where um, he's going to fight this guy named Hody, and Hody has 10,000 like pirates with him. 10,000, I, I believe, is the number they say. It might even, it might have been more. <laughs> no, I think it was 10,000. Yeah, I think I want to say it was 10,000. Luffy walks in, and then like he orders him to get him, and Luffy just like flexes his fucking eyebrow, and 5,000 of them fall on con- like 5,000 of them just drop. Yeah, it's wild. as he's walking, 5,000. Thousand people just drop in Luffy's presence as he walks. He's like, "No, like that's the boss. That's what I'm going for." Yep. And uh, another example is Shanks, who is one of the strongest characters in the show, and Whitebeard, who's one of the strongest characters. They're part of a group called the Yonko, which is known as the Four Emperors. These are not a unified group. They're just the four strongest pirate crews in the world. Yep. And should they're they both meet? It's a disaster. Yonko. Shanks walks on to Whitebeard's ship. To have a discussion with Whitebeard. And now the member, the people on Whitebeard's ship are Whitebeard's pirates. These are pirates of the strongest, of one of the four strongest pirate crews on the planet. As Shanks is walking up to Whitebeard, members of Whitebeard's crew are just falling unconscious. Like they're just dropping. One of the coolest scenes. Not his top, top, top members, but members of his crew are just dropping in the presence of Shanks. They get this little funny thing where they foam from the mouth and shit. It's just like really cool. So basically, if, you know, Luffy were fighting, let's say, a Bleach character, Inoue, Rukia, um, Ishida, they'd probably all just be knocked unconscious. Like Ichigo would be still conscious, but they would just be knocked unconscious. They would not even be able to fight. One of the biggest things it kind of checks against is your personal ambition and willpower. If you don't have a strong, strong force of will, this Conqueror's Hockey is what knocks you out. So, for example, a character like Naruto probably wouldn't be knocked out because no. Naruto has a very, very strong yeah. ambition. Naruto is not going anywhere. Um, Hokage so not isn't going to get knocked out. Yeah, they're going to be fine. But Eno, 
Yeah, Eno's done. Eno's gone. Eno is done. Ten ten. Ten ten is gone. Like you're done. Yeah, hockey um, is broken, and armament hockey pretty much allows you to punch through things that you normally wouldn't be able to, like Logias. But it also allows you to defend against things that you normally wouldn't be able to. So mm-hmm. Luffy is kind of weak to blades because he is rubber. So bullets and things like that, they don't have any effect on him. Like you can, yeah, you can shoot Luffy. objects. Are, it's almost impossible to harm them. Yeah, Luffy can literally just like, oh, that's a bullet. That's fine. Like that doesn't do anything. But swords, knives, sharp things, they actually do cause him a bit of problem. But he can now use hockey to strengthen his body so much that like it literally, you can't cut me now. Like that cannot cut through this part of my body because I've made it that hard with, with armament hockey that it doesn't do anything anymore. So hockey so, is just a really insane uh, power scaling thing that they introduced into One Piece that it's so cool and multiple characters have it, but they all have it on different levels, different degrees, like anything else. And yeah, like early on or okay, not early on, but early when Luffy first learned hockey, when he first learned it, one of his first opponents was some was a shark with really sharp teeth and a sword and whatever. And Luffy, there's a lot that goes in it, but basically Luffy using arm and hockey was still getting kind of hurt by this character. And he was like, Oh, I still need to train it more blah, blah, blah. And he, he gets better and better at doing it. But the point is, it's still harder for him to defend against blades than other things, but he's gotten even better at defending against blades. Um, but yeah, like different, it, it, I don't know. I'm trying to, Oh, I think the point that I wanted to make was that Luffy is rubber. And early on, he makes a point, like he gets like punched by something blunt and gets hit really hard. And he goes, and they're like shocked that he didn't die. And he's like, well, that won't hurt me because I'm rubber. And he makes yeah. it a joke. But very early on, they show this is before the word hockey exists. They show Luffy's grandpa punch him and Luffy gets hurt and he's in literal pain. Yeah. And people are confused. Like, how is he hurt? Luffy's like, I don't understand why. But for my whole life, my grandpa, his punches hurt. He's like, nobody else's punches hurt. <laughs> my grandpa punches hurt. And his grandpa goes, it's because I have the fist of love. Yeah. And, but really that was hockey. Grandpa is using fucking hockey because hockey breaks through all defenses, essentially. So all of that. You know, supreme absolute defense, this and that. Like, I'm using hockey. I'm breaking through that shit. Like, a Susano, I'm punching through that shit. Like, this hockey, take this hockey fist. I'm punching right through that shit. That shit is OD, baby. Yeah, hockey is ridiculous. Hockey's insane. And observation hockey, like I said, it has precognition built into it. So cool. The precog is pretty ridiculous. And they, they showed it off really early on in One Piece. And then they only dabbled with it here and there. But the main characters didn't have access to a lot of these abilities until after the time skip. Yeah. Even though they showed hints of it, they didn't really have access or understand it until the time skip. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your favorite arc for One Piece, you think? I know this is a hard question for me, too, but I think I mean, then again, there is the arc, right? Like (laughs) the war arc is also it's kind of cool. One Piece has its war arc. Like that's in the past. Like that's 10 years old now. Yeah. The war arc is big old. For me, I think that it's really fucking hard. So I'm going to say, real quick, I'll say what the top three are for me first. Okay, sure. The top three are Water Seven, CP9, or, yeah. or Water Seven yep. in East Lobby. It goes by multiple names. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, the Summit War Saga, or the or also referred to as Whitebeard's War. Yep. Um, and Arabasta. Okay. Are like my top three, if I'm trying to think about it. Now, there's other ones that are fucking amazing. Fishman Island is probably in my top uh, five. That's that's the right after the time skip, right? 
Yes, it's the first arc after the time skip. Yes, yeah, that's so my top five. And I, I actually love before we arc. end tonight. There's a big, big, big thing I want to touch on about Fishman Island. Okay, so, so I before, gotta make right. sure I touch on. So I'm gonna name my right top. Now. I'm gonna name my top three. Uh, Marine Ford, the war itself, the like war. that that whole thing. That's just like tippy top tier. So many reveals, so much shit that I didn't expect to happen. Really, really cool arc. I'm not even gonna spoil anything that happens in it, but it's really, really good. So the war arc for One Piece is amazing. Uh, second for me, I think it's Fishman Island. It's just the after the time skip, and you get to see how powerful the characters are. Mainly Luffy, but you get to yep. see how powerful the characters have gotten. That's easily in my top five. They've been training, and I, I actually watched it. And it is really well animated. It actually looks really good. Fucking cool ass arc. Uh, third for me, this is kind of random. And I remember you mentioned earlier in this episode that some people don't like the Sky PA arc because they watched it. And that's when the padding started to become a little that's bit. That's when ridiculous. the pacing got real bad. Fun, fun note. The Sky PA arc in the anime is the first arc that has more episodes than chapters. Okay. So it's so in that it's, it's padded. It's padded very, very bit. Like the so sky I, and the anime's padding for Skypea is very bad. It has more episodes than chapters. So I did not um watch One Piece at first. I, I read the first 600 chapters or so. And so I, I read the Sky PA arc and I loved it. I thought it was fucking <laughs> I'm amazing. I'm so happy that you do because I know like a lot I, of people that don't. I actually love it. Them going into the sky. First of all, I didn't expect that. I thought it was like a myth, like they present it. And then when they actually get to it, I thought that was like the coolest fucking thing ever. I thought the boss of that area was really cool conceptually. Also like how he fares against Luffy. Cause it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that arc is funny. I think it shows some broken shit from Nico Robin that I still will not live down. Uh, <laughs> it's just some brutal shit that you see in that arc from her. I, I don't know. I think that arc is amazing. And I think it's amazing because of the, what's the word I want to use it? The fantasy of it all. Like the, it's, it's, it's yeah. fantastic in a way. Yeah. I fucking feel that. I feel that. That's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. For me, it's uh the arcs that really hit me are the arcs that, I mean, almost every arc has made me tear up at some point, but Arabasta, I fucking shed tears and Arabasta, the ending of Arabasta with the X's on their arms yes. and what happens, I shed tears for that. CP9, I fucking teared up multiple times. And I, okay, so real quick, I think CP9 is my number one. Um, when I think about all the things that happen in CP9, it's my number one. Whitebeard's War would probably be number two. Yeah. Our boss would probably be number three. That said, I will say nothing about the Wano arc. Wano arc may or may not be fucking up there. <laughs> Wano, I just want to say right now, although we won't talk about it, Wano has a possibility. I want to let it get older. But for right now, yeah, I let remember it age the other day I was like, this shit might be number one. <laughs> don't don't recency bias it, but let it yeah. let it age a little bit. But I was like, this Maybe shit might come be back number to one. It. Is this still going on? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's still going on. Uh, the one arc is out of control. Um, but yeah, CP9, Whitebeard's War, and um and Arabasta have amazing, amazing, amazing moments in them. Yeah. So we yeah. are getting uh pretty late on time. So what do you you want to touch on something you said about Fishman Island before okay, we wrap yeah. up? So before I say that, I just want to say that we're going to hit one piece again. There are, yeah, there's not, I haven't even scratched the surface of all the different things I want to get into and talk about. Save them. Um, I, last night before doing this episode, I paced around. I, I did, I took a walk outside just thinking about, I think I was outside walking for like four or five hours or something, just like thinking about all the things I want to talk about. And I, I don't think we hit 10% of them. Um, there's so wow. much juice 
in one piece. I could just talk for hours. So if you guys want to hear more and whatever, I mean, we're going to do more regardless of what you want, but, (laughs) but let me know if you want to hear more, if you get inspired to read it or not, or just what you think about one piece, I would love, love, love to know your opinions on that. But that said, there's something very important. I want to touch on one piece, and this is about the maturity of the writing. And I think the excellence of the writing that goes into the Fishman Island arc. The Fishman Island arc, to, to preface it, 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 its roots start all the way back in the beginning of One Piece with the Arlong arc. Arlong is what's known as a fishman. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to bridge this quickly. Arlong is what's known as a fishman. He's a shark fishman. There's a bunch, there's like octopus and et cetera, a bunch of different types of fishmen. He is the one that terrorized Nami's life. He did a bunch of things. I won't go into full detail, but he essentially enslaved Nami. And he has this whole doctrine about how fishmen are superior to humans and all this other stuff. And he's extremely racist towards humans is, is, is what's clear. And that's because humans have been extremely racist towards him, right? As time goes on, as you go hundreds of chapters, Arlong is sort of an irredeemable villain in a lot of ways. However, hundreds and hundreds of chapters later, we get the Fishman Island arc where we get the full history between humans and fishmen. And we learn about the slavery of the one in one piece world and how the fishmen have been enslaved by the humans for a very, very long time, and how they were just treated like less than scum and dirt and whatever. And Arlong grew up in this world of seeing his kin be enslaved, be murdered, be treated the like end, trash. Ruined, and, and just all types of... There's a part in one piece where they literally show you like this noble. This noble is sitting on the back of a slave. The, the slave has a shackle around his neck and, like a, and a chain. And the noble is just sitting on his back and the, 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 the slave is crawling on the ground, carrying the noble. And like, he gets so exhausted that he, that he falls over and the noble just kills him because like, he just shoots the slave in the head and kills it because yeah. like, how dare this, this slave allow my noble feet to touch the earth or whatever. Like they, they're absolute scum. We haven't gotten into this part of one piece. Not at all. Absolute scum people at the top of like the world. Yeah. Um, Awful. And so the fishman experiences racism and hatred for years. And so it, it creates a dynamic where you start to understand where Arlong came from. He's sort of bred in this environment of hatred and he grew to hate humans. And then when he gained power, he enslaved humans because like that's what happened to him. And he had all this hatred or whatever. So the fishman Island arc does this great thing. A lot of things happen, but they go to fishman Island and early on, they take a common anime gag of the nosebleed. Sanji's a pervert. And after the time skip, before time skip, he never did the nosebleed gag. But post time skip, when he would be a little pervert, he did. He started to do the nosebleed gag. And it was kind of all set up for this moment where they go to Fishman Island and he sees these beautiful mermaids. Right. And when he sees them, his nose bleeds so much that he needs a blood transfusion. (laughs) So it becomes part of the plot that his nose bleeds so much that he needs a blood transfusion. However, this is where they take a silly little gag and start weaving the plot into it. He can't get a blood transfusion because for a, it's illegal for fishmen and humans to shit to mix blood. Oh, even though there's even though this. they share a blood type, they share the same kind of blood. Any fishman could share their blood with Sanji, but they they can't because it was illegal for so long. And although I don't think it's illegal anymore. They won't do it because of just the history humans and the stigma have. around. Yes. It. And even though these people here like Sanji, these fishmen like Sanji, they like their straw hats. They're friendly with these people. However, they just they can't bring themselves to share their blood with them. OK, 
Sanji eventually gets a blood transfusion um, because there's blood left over from like old Marines that were there, like in blood bags or whatever. So what happens is the Fishman arc continues. A lot of stories of racism and history happen. There's a big flashback that goes over this legendary figure named Fisher Tiger. And he goes and like frees the slate. He frees a bunch of slaves um, and he frees all slaves, humans, fishmen alike. A whole storyline happens. I won't go all the way into it, but he at the end of it essentially could be saved. He's on the brink of dying and he needs a blood transfusion to live. This is like 20 years ago or 10 years ago, whatever. And he refuses. The only blood that's available to him is human blood. He refuses the blood transfusion because even though he's freed human slaves and he's done all this, he can't overcome the hatred that's in him and he cannot accept human blood even to save his own life. This lays like an amazing groundwork. There's a lot of just like humans and fishmen just being disgusted with each other, everything. So all of this comes full circle at the end of this arc. Luffy goes through all of his stuff. He saves Fishman Island. He defeats like the big boss of, of this arc. All these things happen, but he's completely exhausted and drained and he's bleeding profusely. And Luffy is essentially almost going to die. And there's a character that was introduced that we haven't talked about, but introduced long before this named Jean Bay. And Jean Bay was on Fisher Tiger's boat many years ago. And essentially there's this huge circle of hatred, circle of racism, circle of slavery that happens throughout this arc that's told throughout this story. And at the end of it, there's this beautiful, beautiful sort of pan like paneling where Jean Bay, Luffy's laying on the ground and Jean Bay lays down next to him and they hook him up and they, he essentially do a blood transfusion. Jean Bay being a fish man and Luffy being a human and Jean Bay gives his blood to Luffy and Luffy being a human doesn't reject because Luffy's not a piece of shit, a racist. He's Luffy right. being a human isn't rejecting this blood, isn't saying it's nasty blood for it being a fish man. And Jean Bay overcoming the hatred that he's seen his whole life is giving his blood to a human. And they have this beautiful moment where they're just laying down next to each other. And they show in the panels, they show the tube, the empty tube. And then they show the tube being filled up with the blood. And they show the blood being transferred from Jean Bay to Luffy. And they're just saying, they're laying down, just, just like laying down. And I think that's the moment where Luffy's laying there. I think he says like, uh, like Jean Bay, like be become part of my crew or something like that. Like, I think that's when, and it's just like this beautiful moment of, of these two races of people. Kind of breaking like, a barrier. Breaking a barrier. And I'm not even going to say overcoming hatred because Luffy doesn't have any hatred. In it. Yeah. It's just showing like, but it's symbolism. breaking a huge barrier and their yeah. symbolism of like this blood transfusion means so much. And it's just this beautiful. It was built on. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't yeah, like, it was oh, just built on, and it, it's just this beautiful writing. I've, I've said multiple times that one piece, even though it's not a story specifically about racism or slavery, I think it has one of the, in, in, in its arcs has one of the greatest slavery stories or racism stories I've yeah, it's ever really good. read. One of the greatest racism stories it's ever really told. Good. And that was one of the so things that made a, me like it even more reading it. Yeah. When I was like, damn, they're going to touch on this too. Yes. Like, this if that's a topic world, that's important to you, that means a lot too. to you. I think that's something that um can really hit you in the heart. The, yeah, it hit me. So I just really wanted to touch on that. The slave, the hatred, slavery, racism story and the history of one piece and the way he conveys it with the fishman is really really cool he's yeah the way the story's told, told it's yes and there's an obvious sort of 
there's just characters that are obviously sort of allusions to Martin Luther King or yeah. Malcolm X. Yeah. And yes, it's Militant. just written. It's written in such a beautiful way. And I, I really think the Fishman Island arc deserves so much praise. Yeah, it's really for good. The topics it, it tackled and with the grace that it tackled them with. Yeah. And it um, didn't it didn't uh feel like he was pandering either. There was, I want to make that I want to make that clear. Because it can get really zero pandering, like pandering. It didn't feel preachy or pandering at all. Yeah. It just felt so beautiful. It also and felt honest. real though, because history yes. has like the reality is in history, slavery has been a thing. These these atrocities have actually happened. So for Oda to touch on something like that is it's real. Like that has really happened. And to bring that into the anime world is really cool in a way that's not just like hello monkeys. Like it's not, you yeah. know, he actually tackles the issue and faces it head on. And it, like, again, it's not in a way that feels like he's pandering to a certain group of people. It's kind of like, this is, look, this is something dark that really goes on in the world. And I'm going to put it in this world, too, because obviously everything is inspired by real life in some way. Yep. And I just can't stress enough how beautiful that moment is. It might be there's a ton of beautiful moments and amazing moments, hype moments, sad moments in one piece that I fucking love. There's moments that I like more than the blood transfusion moment. Yeah. However, I think that the blood transfusion moment between Jinbei and, and Luffy might be like the moment of the most beauty. It's like, to me, the most beautiful moment, just yeah. everything that is built into that moment. It really hits a chord in the heart that I, I just can't express enough. And even if you haven't watched one piece and I just explained that still go and read it yourself and it's going to hit you. It's still going to hit you really hard. I promise. Like it's still written so well to a point where I'm not doing it justice. I mean, that's fine. We have so much to talk about as far as One Piece goes, but we're going to wrap up here because we're approaching the two hour mark. And I yeah. do want to get to our listener letter from one of our. Yeah, patrons. and I can easily keep going. So, yeah, this, once this again, one, this will never write happen. in. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Maybe certain One Piece topics. If you're familiar with One Piece, I would love to talk about yes, them. Yes, we can expand then, on anything. I can talk about dog. I can talk about this forever. Like, whereas the last episode with Bleach, I've only really gone through Bleach like once. So, I felt like. I was a little hazy and there was like, Frazier carried a lot of that episode for yeah. one piece. There's not a part of one piece. I can't talk about for hours. So yep, clearly. And I, <laughs> you've clearly taken the carrying role in this, in this episode, because you know a lot more about one piece and the finer details. I've gone through it once, but I haven't gone through it multiple times yet. So I'm, I'm glad that we can both switch off on certain things like this because yeah, it's, it's, it it's great, but yeah, go ahead. Let's, uh, let's hear some of these letters. So real quick, oh, I uh, love it. So Guys, if you want us to read anything on the show, please write in to IamNerdPodcast at gmail.com, and we may read it aloud on the show. Um, if you're a patron, we 100% will read it on the show. So this one is from one of our patrons at the highest tier, Austin, and he says, while not necessarily a good manga, it is a really interesting one to read. Have you guys ever read When I Was Reincarnated as Yamcha? The storyline <laughs> is about someone with outside the DBZ knowledge becoming Yamcha and retaining all of his knowledge. <laughs> so and then there's a, I think there's a part two to this so he says I meant to ask at the end if you could go into any anime as a side character with your knowledge of the anime which one would you go into first so of this all, is I, like a two I've read a thing. little bit of uh I've reincarnated as Yamcha that shit's pretty good <laughs> yeah that sounds like a rant though like so it's, <laughs> it's a person a outside rant. of the Dragon yeah. Ball universe knowing all the things that they know then they become reincarnated into the Dragon Ball world as Yamcha that's the concept right yep yep <laughs> It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that kind of for me that would kind of suck because if, obviously I'm I want to go to the highest tier, so I want to be a Saiyan. And if I was reincarnated as Yamcha, like cool, yeah, I have what powers. The fuck? 
but I'm also vulnerable as fuck. <laughs> like I have yeah. died. I can be killed so easily by every boss that comes to the planet. <laughs> but uh, no, that does sound interesting. I wonder, is it a long read? Not from what I remember. I, I don't remember finishing it. I only okay. went through it once. But even then, I can't remember if it was done. It sounds like something I that should be short and funny. Yeah, I think it's short, but I it came out a couple years ago now. Oh, so, so it's I don't remember. Recent. Yeah, it's not recent. I don't remember the final oh, it's not details. recent. Okay, okay. No, no, it's not recent. Okay. Well, I mean, I think it's like five or seven years ago, maybe. Okay. I yeah, might be crazy. Yeah. Maybe I'm okay. making shit up. So the I second part of that. his question, though, is if you could go into an anime world, which one would it be? And I just want to say right off the bat, I'll tell you where I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going into Attack on Titan. Let's just start there. So not at all. That is a world that I am fucking freaked out about. I think that is the worst world as far as the shit that I've watched. I go nowhere wanna, near. I want to be nowhere near the Attack on Titan world. I remember posing this question to Kenny, and he said, "I'm only going in that world is if you let me be Levi. Like I'm you only if Levi only accepting Levi or else. bust. He doesn't want to be anyone but or Levi. Nothing. And I, I don't said, give a fuck." I'm so terrified of that world that I can't go into it at all. Like that world, I think that the idea of these gigantic flesh gundams, these humans that want to eat you, these oversized babies, I, I find them to be terrifying because they're killing without a real reason. At least that's how it's presented at first. I don't like things that are violent for no reason. Like I don't like you just want to kill me. You don't even you're not yeah. eating me for so for substance. And make it clear that he's not eating, that the Titans don't eat for sustenance. Yeah, they don't eat for sustenance at all. They just kind of fucking eat you because you're a human. And that's just what they do. And I don't like that. Like, that fucking bothers me. So that's creepy. But anyway, that's not your question. Your question is, which one would I want to go into? I really like the idea of the Naruto-verse. I think the idea of being a ninja is really cool. I mean, obviously, your mortality, you know, you could just die. Right. I, I told my one friend that I want to be Uchiha and he going to fucking DM me and say, you're going to be one of them Uchiha's that Itachi killed on that night. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, fuck you. Well, that's why if I go into the, I'm, it's like, like how I want to be Levi. If I go to attack on Titan, it's like I'm Madara, Itachi or bust. Like I want to be, <laughs> I told I him, I said, I, would be, or Itachi. I said, honestly, with as much hate that flows through me. I would definitely want to be one of the most powerful Uchiha's like period. Like I would be moderate level for sure. I actually sent that back. So I was like, fuck you. I would be strong as shit in that world. My hatred would actually be put to good use. Get out of here. Yeah. But uh, what about you? What would, what anime world or for me? I think, um, uh, I think my number one, when I was younger, if you asked me, it would have been like probably Dragon Ball Z, but yes, now I, I, I do think it would be one piece. I think I, I've been romanced by the like going out on open the open sea with 10 yeah. of your friends sailing the ocean going on the adventures and like the one piece world is so interesting and cool i would love to just sail those seas and uh it's be on cool that, that adventure this question came up for this episode and then we're doing yeah. one piece if this, this would have been your answer time yeah it would have been one piece no matter it what would have been your answer regardless and i would definitely just love to to just go out on the sea sail those adventures get a devil fruit and just just be part of that whole experience. Like, I would love that. And of course yeah. there's dangers in that world, but that's kind of the point. You're, you, you're not just a human, you're, you know, a one piece character. And I, I think it'd be yeah. really, really amazing. Yeah, you I think my number or something like, yeah, my number two answer would probably be Pokemon. I was going to say that we all live in a Pokemon world. Like I, I definitely, yeah. for me, Pokemon is right there because there's not much of humans being killed. So I don't have to worry about my mortality because when this question is posed to me, I always think about dying. I don't know why, but if the world is, if it's really easy to die in that particular world, I'm, I'm a pass. I'm a just pass. It's fine. I know that they, the characters have cool powers and all, but like, 
you know, and obviously again, you can die pretty easily in Naruto, but you can also train and be really strong. And I said yep. I would be in Uchiha, so I probably wouldn't be killed anytime soon because I'll be. Yeah, so the question is that we get to choose. Yeah, we get to we choose. Get, we get to choose not only the world, but sort of what we are, right? I mean, I am. I don't know if he can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going into the Naruto verse and being in Eno's clan. That's not happening. That's not yeah, what we're no talking way. about here. I don't want to be able to switch bodies with people who I'd rather just be that person. What the fuck I got to yeah. switch for? Yeah, I um, yeah, I definitely would choose One Piece and uh, Dog. If I could be, I don't need to be one of the straw. I don't need to be any of the named straw hat. I want to be like if I can become a straw hat. Hell yeah! If I could become be cool part of Luffy's hell. crew, like yeah. I almost would want. More so than being Luffy, I would rather be in Luffy's crew. Like that's interesting. I, I love see you having your own crew anyway. I would, I could have my own crew, but the I think I love plus. Luffy so fucking much, and I'm inspired by Luffy so much that you would actually and just follow his leadership, admire him. Yeah, I would definitely be like right there in the fucking crew, like captain, my captain. You know what I yeah, mean? Like I cool would shit. follow Luffy fucking anywhere. Like yeah. I would for sure want to be. I would be on some moderate shit in the Naruto verse for sure. Super. And if not a straw hat pirate, then then a member of Whitebeard's pirates would yeah. be my second pick. Yeah. Why not? Why not? If you can pick, why why aim low? Why aim low? Why no, I'm low? not. I'm not part of Buggy's crew. Don't no. Like, that's not We're going to pass on that. But uh, all right. Well, this wraps up episode 11 of the I'm There podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. This is one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded, by the way. I came into this one without a script, which I normally write out things that we're going to talk about. But this time I let you lead the way. And I think this episode is honestly one of the funnest that I've had recording. It felt so free and (laughs) something that I'm really passionate about because it is my favorite manga story, period. And it's also very clearly yours. Same. I, um, I absolutely adore and love this series. Yeah, I love this. The recording this was actually really fun. It doesn't feel like a job or a chore at all. And not to say that any of the other ones do, but I just felt a really sense of freedom talking about this for some reason. And I don't know what that is, but that's because of Luffy, man. Yeah, maybe the that's pirate, what it is. The Pirate King is the man with the most freedom on the sea. Yeah. So before we get out of here, a uh, shout out to our patrons at the highest tier. Uh, by the way, Kenny, while we were recording this episode, we got a new $20 patron. Oh, shit. Yes. Mid recording, yes, mid recording. By the way, so real quick, at the moment we now have four, four <laughs> patrons on our Patreon. Thank you so much. But our four first patrons <laughs> all fucking subscribe to the That's highest nice. tier yep. that we have on Patreon. So it's actually amazing. so much. I am so fucking happy about this. So shout out to our new patron Quest. He's the new person on the block uh, at the highest tier, the twenty dollars tier main character. We also have Connie. Austin and Leon. So shout out to our four patrons. We fucking appreciate you guys. If you don't know, we have a Patreon where you can unlock cool I am perks. Nerd Podcast. Yep. Patreon. Look up I am Nerd Podcast on Patreon. We have some cool perks. Um, we have a Discord server and we're gonna start dropping stuff, you know, on there. But we already started dropping things on our Patreon, such as yeah, on have- the, real quick on the Discord server. If you join even at the lowest tier uh, on Patreon, you get access to the Discord server. And right now it's still in its infancy, but we got a couple people in there and uh, just hanging out and we'll be using the Discord server more and more. Yeah, so cool cool things that you can unlock on Patreon, depending on what tier you're in, is you get access to videos of all these podcasts. So normally when we drop them on Apple and Spotify and Google and, and even on YouTube, when we drop them, we don't drop the video. We give just the audio and we give the edited audio. But on Patreon... You get the uncut video, so there's nothing taken out of the episode, all of the bloopers on it, 
if there's something random happening in the background, you'll hear it. But also you get to see us talking, you know, and see our facial reactions. And it's more interactive in that way. So those are on Patreon, as well as sometimes we post uh, early episodes of things like things that we drop on our YouTube channel, like Broken Cards of History. Those go up sometimes early. We also have an option to challenge us to a duel and any format of Yu-Gi-Oh! if you want to, either one of us, you can challenge us to a best two out of three on dueling book. That's That's something that when we we recorded uh, a YouTube video that will be going up very soon. Another thing that came up is not only can you challenge us, like if you want to challenge Frazier to wind up format, you can. But also another funny idea that came up was if you want to challenge somebody to a specific format, but then also say this one banned card is in it. So if you want to say we're going to play Shadal's with painful choice yep. we'll do that too yeah because <laughs> like why not why let's, not let's fucking break fun. the rules so that's one of the things and also another thing is that our patrons have priority when it comes to one having your listener letters read out loud on the show but also they're they'll be able to vote on what we discuss for certain episodes so certain topics yes yeah you can literally say you know i want you guys to talk about this and then it'll be a little vote and then we'll you know we'll talk about it on the show and uh, so if you want to hear our takes on certain things, you know, let us know. And that's one of the things that our patrons can do is they can essentially demand a podcast about something nerd. You know, it has to be nerd related still, but they can demand a podcast about something nerd related and we'll we'll do it. Yeah. Don't ask me about politics. I'm not going to have a group. Yeah. I'm not about to sit here and talk about Trump and Hillary and Biden and stuff like that. Fuck that. But if it's some nerd shit, you know, if you want to talk about the new Star Wars anime that's coming out, you know, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about Star Wars and, and the Star Wars anime. That's that's apparently going to drop because we fucking love anime, clearly. But anyway. All right. Well, what's something that we could say to end this one off? What's something from One Piece that we could say maybe? Oh, my God. I just fucking I'm just going to have to save it for later here at the end. I want you guys to know I just remembered something that I really, 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 really want to talk about. And, and I fucking you're God these people damn. in a nice cliffhanger. So there's more. There's, good, I'm Kenny. so mad that I didn't fucking remember to talk about. It. it was one of the biggest. Anyway, I don't know, man. Luffy says set sail all the time. I think it's like Shikoda. Movie water. Yeah. Shuko. I fucking know. I don't fucking know. Set sail for one piece, bitch. <laughs> okay. And we're out. Thank you.